making our forefathers proud in the city of Rocky and brotherly love. Westwood One Podcast Network brings you another free episode of Opie Radio. Here with Carl Wes. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> My thoughts exactly. <laughs> that can mean many, that can mean so many things right now. It fits with everything right now. <laughs> everything I, we did here is boo. I say boo to the podcast movement. I don't even know what this is. Opie, there's a guy walking around with a shirt. Yeah, that said, tell me about your book. I wanted to chest punch him and take all the air that out of his body. Wait, his book or about? No, like come talk to me about your book. What What does that mean? I, it's, I guess that's the name of his podcast. Tell me about your book. We got to get out of this podcast. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we either. You know what I learned in these last two days? Yeah. Is we're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> How depressed are you? I am literally. Uh, good to I'll, see you bye-bye. too. All right. Another person that can't do anything for us. I've but, met but so good to see you. I've met so many people under me. Yeah. Like this one guy said, oh, yeah, you know, I was on the Food Network. I just walked away from him. Yeah. I'm like, I've been there for seven years. I haven't seen a hair of It's just depressing. Like, there's a lot of, like, people here that are, are trying to get their podcast off the ground. And they're hoping to get a, a thousand downloads per episode. And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, we're doing way better than that, and we're not happy. And the, and they're well, we're not happy. It has nothing to do with this podcast. <laughs> Our unhappiness comes from a completely different place. I'm starting to realize that every single person is doing a podcast at this point. So, so how do we uh, rise to the top? But you know what's funny is this is we're probably the two only people here. Yeah, that people say hi to that aren't wearing a fucking lanyard. Yeah, with like a th- like a Wikipedia description yeah, on who they yeah, are. Exactly. Like everyone's here staring at each other's lanyards. Like they would read it first. Oh, big fan! Like right. no one knows anybody. That's why I don't have a lanyard. We don't need laminates. Never wear a laminate. No, I had one. Did I wasn't gonna wear it. Somebody had four laminates. On. <laughs> right. <laughs> His Glenn Beck tramp stamp was showing. <laughs> Stunt brain. <laughs> Stunning. It's Michael Pelka. And, you know, he, he lives in Delaware. So he's like, oh, you guys are going to be in Philly. I, I want to come up and say hi to you, right? So he comes up. And the first thing he does, he, he signs in at registration. Holy, Holy shit. I'm such a fan. Buddy. Hey, Ken Cage. How are you, How are you buddy? How are you Good grab to see a, you. Grab a stool. I'm in hey, the middle of telling us. I knew you were going to be here. I'd have brought you a shirt. I'll, oh. I'll get you one. Uh, he get, so anyway, I, I got to finish this thing with Stump Brain. So, so he goes through he goes through registration, and then he starts grabbing all the free swag. Dude, he had everything. I saw him, he had a cup holder, yeah, fucking a yeah, pen. Yeah, for podcasts. Yeah, exactly. And then how uh, are And then he and then he just takes off. You notice he just took off. I'm like, where'd you go? We were supposed to go. There's like a tent city here at City Hall. I've never seen someone go out of their way to miss all the fun stuff. (laughs) (laughs) No dinner at Ralph's. He he didn't do anything cool. He didn't even come to the seminar. He literally came, got a goodie bag, and just wandered around until something fun happened. Then he split. Well, let me read the the text from him. I think it was... Hold on. Give me one second. Ken Cage, we're going to get to you. Trust me. You can just start jumping in with all this nonsense. I'm just enjoying it. Uh, let me see. Uh, all right, so I go, uh, where did you go? Billion dollar repo, man. Ooh, 
So, Carl, I go, go to ahead. I go to Stump Brain. Where did you go? He sends me a bunch of pictures from uh, the, the panel thing we were on, which was another thing that was a complete waste of time. He goes, uh, Robert took me to Lowe's across the street to look for Carl, and, <laughs> and then he disappeared. I got pissed at the rain and jumped on a train. That's what he writes me. That's not normal. He, I, oh, what do you mean he got pissed at the rain and jumped on a train? I go, I was hoping we'd hang out more. He goes, yeah, me too. We'll do it again. <laughs> do what <laughs> again? <laughs> I was, you were in the moment. We were hanging out. Wait, what's he coming to next? The model train expo? <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, I, I've fallen down a Lucinda Williams and Tom Waits uh, well. Lucinda Williams is a pretty cool uh, artist. Boo. I understand. And I go, respect, love me some Lucinda. And then he sends all these weird pictures of me, you, me and you podcasting. Huh? And he's gone. He's got to go to a mind doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I, I, I told Tim, I go, where are all like, where are all the celebrities? Because I, I was told, you know, it'd be a good opportunity for you and Carl. Literally, to, Ken Cage is the most famous person. He's been here for the whole weekend. And he wasn't, <laughs> yeah. and he wasn't even invited. I had to call him <laughs> and say, "Get over here. We have no one to talk to." <laughs> You called Ken Because yes. it was a celebrity desert. <laughs> exactly. That's the bottom of the barrel, isn't it? You're asking me to come I mean, there was so little, so many unfamous people here that someone came up to me like, are you in the food network? I'm like, nope. nope. <laughs> I took a lot of pictures, to be honest with you. and and uh, With Tim. <laughs> well, no, in the Westwood One people go, well, you're actually the big get here. I'm like, I never want to be in a place where I'm the big Get. Imagine what it feels like to be the second big guest. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why I don't do these things. I never want to be the big get. I want to just kind of I fit in. I stab someone in the neck with a pen. They came up to me like, you're the funny cook that does the show with Opie. I'm like, I started shaking inside. <laughs> the funny cook. The funny cook. Oh, my God. Anyway, with that said. Can we Ken- talk to Ken, please? I need to talk to someone famous. I've had You know Ken Cage, right? I love Ken Cage. Why do you love Ken Cage? Because he has a... Think about who I am. Yeah. Right? Think about how much I love shady shit. He makes money stealing stuff. Right. This is my well, pope. Is it, is it really stealing if they're not paying their bills? Ste- it's still, you need the same art. You got to be sneaky. You got to be smart. You got to know how to get in and out of places. Right. It's like, it's everything I, I want to be. Yeah. But legal. Well, Ken Cage is the star of, is it called Airplane Repo? I always forget the name of the show. Yeah, it's Airplane officially. Repo. Yeah. Yep. And where is it on? Discovery. Discovery. And I think you've already done three seasons, right? I have, yeah. We're, we're, the fans want to get a fourth, so they're doing the hashtag Bring Back Airplane Repo. Oh, beautiful. Oh, dude, I'll put that hashtag on everything. Oh, fuck. We'll get our people to do it. I'm happy to say I brought you a copy of the book I wrote. Yeah. Million Dollar Repo Man. And you're prominently listed in the book several times. Really? Well, Can I you mean, just tell me what pages so I don't have to read the whole I, thing? I, I, on purpose, did not page it so you couldn't do that. Oh, so no you pages suck. listed. Can I tell you, Ken Cage He's knows smart. how to do it. He's, He's smart. So, so now i got to read the whole book, and then I can mention that. But how did you mention me in the book? Well, I mean, you know, we've talked before. I was a huge fan of your show back on 94 YSP back here. Yeah, yeah. Back in, what was that, the 90s, early 2000s? And I've just always followed you. So when you invited me up to do your show, it was like, you know, one of the highlights of my life. Right. <laughs> wow. Well, you know that. I told you that before. Even though you're an Islander fan, it's still cool. Um, uh, not as much with them trading, uh, not trading, but they didn't re-sign Tavares. I understand Tavares leaving. I mean, he gave him enough years to try to figure out the organization. So now he's going to go and win a Stanley Cup somewhere else. You watch. A uh, little hockey talk, Carl. Sorry. They're, they're set. Um, yeah, bring so I, in for this one. <laughs> do you hear a lot of people just babbling? You know what? 
What is a babbling? But they're not even talking into microphones. Why have a conversation if you're not recording Why? it? Because once, once, once Westwood One told them a thousand was successful, they stopped trying. <laughs> <laughs> now they're just basking in their glory of their thousand this followers. This has to be your worst nightmare. <laughs> a hipster convention with a bunch of backpacks. I'm, I'm, I'm confused in a lot of ways because uh, I really love doing this. Right. But I'm realizing my fellow podcasters are <laughs> zeros. Uh, and I'm supposed to be supportive because it's a really tight niche community. What I don't like about them is they're too happy. You can't put on a good radio show or a good podcast or, or a TV project or a reality show if you're happy-go-lucky. You got to have a little angst in you, a, a, a little spite in, in Carl's case. Spite is the best emotion. And one thing I've learned in life, anyone who looks happy is a murderer. Right. Those are the people that are truly happy. Right. You know what I mean? Like they got away with something big yeah. or something. But yeah. This is fake happy. These yeah. people are devastated inside. They're all sitting around looking at each other like, why are we successful? I'll tell you why. First of all, you don't have a recording uh, device in front of you where you're trying to make something happen at the podcast movement. One thing that's been irking me at the podcast movement is uh, people putting nicknames on their lanyards or adding flair like a pin or something to, to their name tag on their lanyard, it makes me blind with rage. <laughs> I was in the, in the elevator just shaking. This guy had like a happy face and prayer hand emoji pins on his lanyard pass. I wanted to wrap it around his neck and just finish him right there. Oh, my God. That just proves that they're actually not happy people. You know that, right? Anybody that puts flair around yeah. their fucking name is devastated inside. Yeah, it's fake happiness. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, these people just babbling <laughs> over here. Babble, babble, babble. Babble. Yes, I'm talking about you, and you don't even know because you're not even aware. That's, here we go. That's another, that's another thing you need if you're going to be successful at radio or podcast, uh, podcasting. An awareness. <laughs> Dude, Ken, how did you start? I, gotta, I want to talk to Ken. I so gotta, do I. I, I cannot, Wait, can I we go back? So, so a big fan. You did my show, and yep. I mentioned in the book in what way. I'm, I'm really curious. I will read the book. Well, because... I'm just a, a normal guy from Philly, so for me, when the show hit, you know, to be able to see and meet some of the people that I always grew up and really enjoy it. So it was a big deal. You know how big 93.3 is in this in Philly, right? Um, so going there was huge, and doing your show was huge. There were two the two coolest things I did because one was something I grew up with, right? And then something I was just such a fan of. Was I, I could never get the bumper sticker, the Wow bumper sticker, that drove me crazy. Is it getting louder now? Yeah. We're gonna have to move. <laughs> We're doing a real thing here. It's <laughs> a microphone right there. Holy! This is a microphone, and it's on. <laughs> you know what? Step one: when you see someone with a microphone on, either join the conversation or shut the fuck up. You know what's funny? <laughs> Is the hardest place to do a podcast is at the podcast booth. Isn't that nuts? Shouldn't everybody know what's going on? No one podcasts here. <laughs> They're like fans of podcasts. Why wouldn't you set up your equipment and try to get a podcast done? It's called podcast movement. Opie, I think this is your last day in the podcast room. You're going to be shunned out. I'll never come back here. Oh, you know, anyway. it's good to, I will come back because it's Philly and I, the food. Well, we'll come back for another reason. No, 
yeah, we like don't Philly. We, we don't need this. <laughs> I love Philly. Philly's the new, new is the new New York. For yeah, me. and then the guy that's in charge of the podcasting for Westwood One, who's a dear friend of mine. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, YSP, Tim Sabian, he's a legend down here in he Philly Radio. Me. It was huge. Right. It was so he goes out to dinner with us. He's just a babbling mess. Right. Uh, we're not getting anything done, which is fine. Whatever. We're after hours. And then me and Carl and Nick Solaris were outside Ralph's, which is a legendary restaurant here in Philly. By the way, the food was awesome. Fucking awesome. And old school, nothing fancy inside. Uh, this is something I learned from Carl, you know. That some of the best places don't have a lot of uh, bells and whistles. They're, they're down and dirty. they got a simple menu. They don't need fancy tables and chairs and, and, and art on the wall. They don't need the waterfall. They just know... Cook- Really good food. People will come and Ralph's, come Ralph's back. Is the, the oldest continue, continuously run family restaurant in America. It's old. Yeah. And it's old for a reason. I mean, especially Philadelphia. Philadelphia is like Chicago, where it's, it's got a blue, blue-collar vein running through it. This town doesn't take bullshit. Like, New York has turned into a bullshit town, where... It's transients. People only live there for five years. They really don't care. They don't. They don't vote. They don't understand anything about. Philly's real people from Philly. If you open a, a, a nonsense restaurant here, it gets eaten up. Yeah. Because the, the blue collar food here is so good. You go to the Knicks. You go to John's. You get anywhere, and for ten bucks, you can eat like a king. Yeah. And it's it's what New York used to be. This is the eighties. This is like the New York in the eighties. It's great. And, and now in New York, if you're not successful within two weeks, everyone panics and shuts down the damn place. Right? Oh no! Every, or God forbid, you say something, you know, about yeah. somebody or something. You're done. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the last episode, we got. Oh, that's <laughs> yes, great. Hope he's wrapping up the podcast. <laughs> Open that bag a little more. Don't I don't think they. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, she is. She's actually working hard. She's at least trying to do something. I don't. What are these people trying to do? So at the end of the last episode, you know, uh, Tim is just stepping uh, all over what we're trying to accomplish outside Ralph's. He's picking up construction cones and screaming, "Open All this nonsense, and then he panics the next day. He goes, "You got to take all that out." I'm an executive for Westwood One. I'm like, I'm keeping every second in. Right. Next time, learn your lesson. You should understand how this works. Right? Yeah, fuck them. All right. So, Ken Cage. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, you got you to gotta explain once again how, how you got into the whole repo business. Well, we, uh, we bought the business. Uh, honestly, I was 40 years old. I was tired of working for corporate America. Uh, a good friend of mine, Bob Weeks, and I were kind of in the same place. So, we said, let's buy a company. And this one just kept coming back at us as the right one. So, we didn't really know what we were doing. We thought we had a clue. We had no clue. But we bought the business and... 13 years later, we're still kicking it. But, I mean, were you repoing before that for somebody else? Were I worked repoing for Chrysler. Cars? No, I, yeah. I, was, I wasn't doing the repo. And I was doing the collections for Chrysler Financial and hiring repo guys to go pick them up. Right. So I was in the business. And then before that, I was at J.P. Morgan doing banking. So I kind of understood the financial side of it. I had no clue what I was doing. Right. That's, why you know, that's why you survived. Knowing the financial side of business is really, really important. You yeah. can always hire muscle. You know, but like in the restaurant business, the people that get the financial side are the ones that survive. The people that just do, oh, I love it. I do this because I love it. You're gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Help me just let it go. That's something. Like these podcasters, they just love it. They have no clue what they're doing. They just love it. <laughs> this lady's talking with her hand. No one cares what you're saying. <laughs> what the <laughs> they don't care. But you're blocking. You're triggered. You're literally, you're snowflake triggered right now. <laughs> 
because everyone's anyway, getting so louder. Like a twelve-year-old of Fortnite playing Fortnite. Oh remember. man, don't even start. What is my that? kid, oh my kids play that nonstop. Oh, and how old are your kids? Uh, the boys are sixteen and fourteen. Okay, because my oh t- why why yeah of course take a picture of her. We're the big stars here, ma'am. Do you no, realize don't that? Know us Turn around, look. Excuse me, take a picture of us. Kind of photo? Yeah, thank you. We're big stars. Sure, yeah. All right, thank you. You know we're big stars, right? Yeah. No. You don't know. Jesus, she doesn't even know. He's a superstar in radio. Sure he is. All right, take a picture. So this is legit today. Oh yeah, we got that nice chandelier, and then look at each other and laugh like you're really. No, we don't do that. We're at no posing. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. See? Then now you got to stop. Now we have All right. Money shot. All right. Anyway. Because he's interesting. And he actually, he has a career that's going upwards. So we should, we should listen to him. No, advice. but I, I'm fascinated by the fact that, you know, you got to have balls to just sneak on someone's property and reap all of their shit. When did you realize you could do that job? Uh, when we bought the business right. and I had four hungry kids at home, and I said, I either do it or I fail. So you weren't sure at first that no. you could actually step up and do it, right? Right. You just, you know, I, I had done a lot of goofy things like getting on the fields and getting into basketball courts, you know, that you're not supposed to do. So it kind of felt like I could do it. Right. I know it's not a direct correlation, but I had gone into places a million times before I wasn't supposed to be, and it was right. no big deal. So, yeah, I was scared to death the first time I did it. So tell us some of the, you got to tell us a couple stories, some of the good ones that either went bad or went really well or anywhere in between. Yeah, well, one of my favorites, uh, and there's a whole chapter in the book about it. See, I just segue that Beautiful. in. Like, nice. Okay, um, smart. Is, uh, I took a friend of mine who was who known as Grady, uh, over to the Bahamas, trying to get a 120-foot yacht worth eight million bucks. Uh, we go, we spot it, but we're waiting for the captain. Captain comes over, shit face drunk, so he can't move this boat. We have to wait till the next morning, dude. We're gonna get it at 7 a.m. Sun up, fine. Well, of course, he was drinking all night, so he's passed out, and we see the boat leaving the channel, going in the ocean. So we're like, oh, here we go. So I go bang on the door. We kind of track it. We know it's either going to Lauderdale or the other side of the Bahamas. Long story short, we hop on a plane, go to Lauderdale, get it. Bank gives it back. Next morning, he runs again. We get it. Three times. Every time he threw the rope over, we were there to tie it up for him. The third time, he wanted to run again, but the captain's wife was on board, and she said, screw this, I'm out. These guys are weird. They're freaking me out. I'm out. And once she quit, that was it. So it took us from the Bahamas to Fort Lauderdale all throughout three times the bank gave it back and each time we were there to tie it why, why were they yeah why, what's, what's with the bank they were scared to death of the debtor because he had property and they were afraid that it, you know instead of just being at the 8 million or you know and then we would sell and get them some of that back they were afraid they would lose all the properties too and be out 20, 30 million and the, the debtor's son was a known drug runner in South Florida he had all kinds of criminal records they were scared to death of him so they just kept giving it back Wow, wow. So the third time we finally, the bank didn't even get that third call because the right the wife took off. Well, that leads to the next question. So, you know, you repo these people's boats and cars and obviously planes, airplane repo. Right. Um, are you ever scared they're going to come come and try to do something to you because they know you are you were the one that, that took their plane? You know what? Not, not personally, I don't think that. I mean, at the time they will. Uh, and they have, but most of the people we deal with are so wealthy. They have their attorneys on speed dial, so we have to deal with a lot of right. egos. Uh, and 
you know, I can stay pretty cool. I've done all kinds of neat stuff that I've learned to stay calm, so I can kind of talk them off the ledge. Yeah, but some I've been chased around a field. Some guy, some drunk dude in Arkansas had a shovel, and he was just swinging and chasing. What were you repossessing in Arkansas? The a state? piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A piece of crap airplane that wasn't worth... Seven thousand dollars, like but it was his, duster? yeah, it was his dad's airplane, and it was personal. So he just started swinging and chasing us around the field. Southern people with that, you take someone's dad shit in the south, you, you got yourself to civil war all over again. Oh. That was my daddy. <laughs> right, it's <laughs> over, right? One of the, exactly, it's absolutely. Um, you know, I've been chased down the St. Johns River uh, in Florida, getting shot at. So, yeah, yeah, we and it was a Cuban national guy who was here illegally. I apologize. <laughs> so we took his one boat from behind his house. We're getting towed because it, the tide was too low. Well, he had another boat back there. About an hour later, we're on the river. We're still getting towed. You see that other boat coming nose up. Oh yeah. So we called a mayday in um, to the uh, coast guard. But in the meantime, he's popping and he's trying to get us. So now we got to get the tow boat to go as quick as he can because we don't have the motors running. Luckily, the Coast Guard cut him off. Next thing I know, he no longer was running that car dealership or car shop he had in Jacksonville. He's gone. He went home. He went home. He went home. Wow. Um, Cubans, so Cubans get very upset. Oh, he was an arrogant jerk. Too. Oh, yeah. Earlier in the day, he was just like smug about it. It wasn't even his boat. They were just parked back there. and He's like, ah, oh, you'll never find it. Okay. Find it. So, uh, I mean, you're obviously repoing the the boats. You know, you're you're hitching them uh, to some kind of uh, vehicle, but uh, you're like also sea tow, right? But like yes. A, oh, you sea tow. Yeah, yeah. Generally. Ah. Because we've had people that tie the. It's been a while since he has been on Long Island. No, I'm an idiot because I'm thinking. I, my question was going to be, how do you hotwire these things to fucking get them started and get out of there? We've but I'm assuming. Too. I'm assuming. Sometimes you've got to do that because you don't have as much time to, to you know, to, to get a rope on it. Right. And sometimes Cito can't. Like, the, you know, we did one up in Massachusetts this week, and the Cito guy's like, yeah, I'll be there sometime tomorrow. I'm like, dude, I need it today. So we had to find a captain. Luckily, the captain knew where to get a spare key for us. Right. Wait, so you get the captain on your side because he doesn't we own the boat. We captain. Right. We oh, hire a captain. But do you ever get the captain of that actual boat sometimes. for the... Go and look. We got to take this thing, and we can either do it the easy way or the hard way. Exactly. Gotcha. You can get paid, right, or not. Either way, I'm taking the boat. Right. So they're like, all right, I'll get my money. And yeah. And same with the pilots. We've got a couple people. I mean, they'll charge us a lot, but the bank's like, you know, from three million dollar plane, yeah, I'll spend spend a thousand bucks for a pilot. What's the nicest plane you ever? It was a uh, almost brand new Gulfstream G150. Oh, that's a pretty nice fucking plane. It was worth about 12, 12 million. million. Yeah. yeah, that was gorgeous. Um, Did you get to fly in it? No, pissed Shit. me off. I was in the middle of uh, California, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna leave it there. We'll fly it later." Some of it. So, yeah, I had to drive out of Central Florida. And where do you? You're, like, all right. So, say you take this plane. Where do you take the plane? You, like, the bank doesn't have a plane parking lot. No, we have a, a an office down in Orlando at the executive airport there. So we take as many as we can to the executive airport. We also have, uh, keep a lot of planes at Houston Hobby Airport. So we have different airports throughout the country. We can Does anyone them. ever try to steal shit back from you? They have. Yes. We have one guy we took at Tuskegee, you know, where the airmen yeah. are. We took an old beach aircraft. He also had a fighter jet that we took. Um, he, had, he had a fighter jet? He owned a fighter jet. We repoed So you that. took stuff from Jason Bourne. <laughs> More or less, <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So we took the fighter jet. Then the other play next to it, brakes are bad, couldn't fly it, so we talked to the maintenance guy, and we're like, fix the brakes, we'll pay whatever it is, we'll get it in a week. Well, he calls us in a week, he goes, uh, by the way, your plane's missing. 
Well, he knew the owner, and he let him take it. We tracked the flight. He went from there to Montgomery, Alabama, and then he tracked the flight to Destin, Florida. So we had the cops in Destin waiting for him. When he landed, cops surrounded the airplane, yanked him out, and we took the plane back. Wow. And now he's in trouble for stealing, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. That's grand theft yeah. of his own thing. That's not your problem. Yeah, exactly, that's not your problem. <laughs> we but got some, back. Some of the planes you fly right out of, out of the situation? Oh, yeah. I, I need to talk to Mark. Yeah. It's yeah. legal to have a fighter jet? Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's yeah. not armed, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of old What was it, like a MiG? Fighters. Honestly, I don't remember. It was a 60s jet of some sort. What does that cost to maintain? I mean, it's got to be insane. It's, it's not as geared up as, as you're thinking with the military jets. It's a real stripped-down version right, of right. it. It still has the same look, but it's not nearly as expensive right. to maintain as, as the mili- the true military in-action jets. Wow. But it's cool looking, and then the, you know, the cockpit still comes over the top and locks Yeah, you get all jet stuff. Oh, it's cool. It's oh, be. yeah. Talk about the adrenaline rush when you you know you're taking someone's plane and you got to take off with it. You know what? There's, so there was one time in Jersey. Of course it's Jersey, right? Uh, welcome to Jersey. Exactly. Cops always show up at Jersey, which is fine. But we take a, a, an airplane out of the flight school. All of a sudden, the owner of the, uh, the airport comes, and it's an old Italian guy in Jersey. You get where I'm going with this. Yeah. So we take the airplane, you know, and we're at the threshold. We're running it up to make sure it can fly. All of a sudden, we see this white caddy coming down. <laughs> Again, how stereotypical. Yeah coming flying down the taxiway so we you know said whatever we're just taking off as we take off he, he ended up cutting in after us but the whole time I'm thinking he could just cut in and, and kill us right so it's like you got to get this off the air you know, into the air fast and, and we did we just flew it to the next airport which was a three minute flight that's scary as all get out Okay. I've had some some real shady flights. I can imagine. It's yeah. It's Unless not. you're in a blind plane, like yeah, you don't really know how it. I mean, you know, you, know, you know how to fly, but yeah, you, you don't know how it was maintained. If there's a little issue with this or that, that you have to adjust for. Yep. All that yeah, crap. because first of all, if they're, if they're not paying for the plane, they're not caring for the plane. Exactly. So. You're literally going up in the air with someone's middle finger. Like they don't care anymore about this thing. The, the only reason they care about it is because you're in. If not, it's just sitting there, right? Right. And, oh, and honestly, most people don't even know that it can get repo. And that's the thing. So they're... Well, how about, how about this? Have you ever been in a plane and realized right away, like, ah, oh, shit, there yeah. was a real issue with this plane that you had no idea? Yeah, that's only had... How do you handle it? Like you find the closest airport, which in most areas are not too far away, so then you can just put it down in, in a couple Jeez. minutes. The one in Jersey, there was an airport three flying minutes away, so we were able to put it down. Do you think Sully could have uh, made it back to the airport, or did you? Or do you feel like he wanted to be a rock star and land that thing on the Hudson River? I, you know, there, there's rumors that a lot of people. I mean, there's haters no matter what you do. I mean, in the end, the guy saved everyone's life. But then you get the haters. This was this was more of a joke question than anything. But there are people out there that went. He just wanted to look like a rock star. He had plenty of time to circle that shit back to the airport. There's no way. There's no way anybody would choose to put it in the water. That has it. All right, we have some. Holy, now stuff. they're doing shout-outs. That's great. But I don't know why my podcast isn't taking off. What do you mean taking off? Oh, a thousand no. followers. You got it. Right. <laughs> I just simply don't understand. This is a giant participation trophy. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen one of these podcasters turn anything on. What, what are you doing here? 
You're not going to learn anything from the seminars. <laughs> yeah, right? We're the ones doing the seminars. Right. Every, every question they would, ask Opie, they would ask Opie a question, and he would literally just to look at the, at the person and just go, you know what? That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> like, like four fucking times. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have to think about that one. Oh, man. Oh, oh my God. I wouldn't, I'm not here to learn about the, the None of these people can teach me mustache. anything. What do you call those mustaches? The handlebar? Uh, the handlebar. Uh, yeah, Raleigh yeah. Fingers. The Raleigh finger? There's a Raleigh fingers here? Look at that. Oh, my God. How much attention do you need that you have <laughs> a mustache stop, like? Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> He's 10 feet away. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, ask him where the baby bones are. <laughs> are you trying to look like the Iron Sheik or? Nice. The what? He looks like Aaron Cheek. I don't care. I know you don't care because it's me and Ken that are going to have to fight. (laughs) You're just going to throw that pod mic at his head. No one recognizes me, so I'm going to grow a handlebar mustache, and I'm going to wax the tips and curl them just right. Then people are going to start staring at me. you got to get out of here. Philly's really wearing on over here. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, what was the other thing? Um, Oh, so, uh, yeah, where does the shit and the, uh, the urine go when you flush that toilet in a plane? Oh gosh, they, uh, they 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 handle it. The airport handles that all for you. Oh, it so goes in a holding water? tank. I thought it's I thought, in a holding tank. I thought you just release it into the air. Oh gosh, no. Some some of the airport air, uh, the commercial airplanes did that. I don't know if you heard about that. It was a year or two ago. They were releasing it, and then all these houses had blue ice. It, huh. it, they call it blue ice, or or it's a chunk of blue ice that goes crashing through their roof. Oh, right? Yeah, it was nasty. Yeah, it's supposed to get handled at the airport. Wait, so they were trying to? Why would why would they do that? I mean, is it that much of a big deal to wait until you land to get rid of the waste? Honestly, I don't know if they did it on purpose. They might have, but it's a lot of weight, and obviously the lighter the plane, the better the fuel efficiency. Right, so, right. Keep the light. so they were trying to sneak that by everybody. Uh, it seems like it. It seems like it for sure. <laughs> That's right. Superstar, <laughs> right here. Do a little, <laughs> yeah, do a, a little slow pan while we podcast. We can't pan. Oh, you want this angle? You got it. Here you go. <laughs> better side anyway. Here you go. A little picture for the kid. <laughs> I don't I don't no idea who you are. That wasn't even he, a real. He probably camera. doesn't know who I am. That's right. He's a, he, no, he knows you're a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody is. <laughs> that stung. I can feel that that stung. He's gonna go back to his friends. So what do you do? I, don't know, I, I filmed some up and coming podcasters. <laughs> I don't. I don't know who I was filming. He looked at up. He's like that guy. Definitely has at least two thousand subscriptions. <laughs> he doubled it this week. I don't get it. Imagine uh, if you only had 2,000 people listening. Yeah, I, we would not be doing this. <laughs> we're doing very well. We, we want to be doing even better, but uh, we're happy with where this you is You know what's funny with the podcast community is they're okay with slow growth, and that's something you got to learn. I mean, you got to really learn. Podcasts grow in a different way than a radio show or something like that. It's so different. And they're fine. I mean, some of these people shouldn't be doing podcasts. Yeah. Some that There's one about leaves. That was really weird. Yeah. You should meet somebody with a... Oh, she's cute. The one girl with the superwoman outfit with one leg missing and... She had, what? She had one leg? No, she had the... The outfit was missing. She had a leg. She had oh. two legs, but one blue fabric. The leg went... Yeah, the fabric went down one leg, not the other leg. So oh. she's all hanging out the one side. Oh, I thought she had a fake leg. Nah, that really, rocks. That would have been awesome. I didn't mean to teach you like that. I like hot IPTs. <laughs> Who doesn't? I, I mean, seriously. I got an amputee story. 
Oh, you don't. You really do have an MTV story. You want to hear it? I, yes. I, I mean, we can't stop it. So back in the day, um, Bill O'Reilly wanted us on his, his TV show, you know, the no spin zone, and then he spun us round and round until we fucking puked from being dizzy. Oh but his God. show's called the no spin zone. What Ken, an idiot. Ken, I'm going to have to have you recall Opie's story. <laughs> so setting up for the big interview with Bill O'Reilly, they had one of these producers come in, right? Right. And um, she was very attracted to the kid. Oh, yeah. She, she liked you, huh? Yeah. So she came in day after day to do the pre-interview and, and do B-roll and all this. So we were hanging out with her. And then after the show, we were drinking with her and all this, right? And anyway, um, I had a girlfriend at the time, so I, I, I didn't go there. But I came close, and I'll be, I, I got to tell you the story. So, so now we're doing a, a signing at Hooters on 56th Street, and she came to get B-roll. At that moment, after knowing her for a couple weeks and her hanging out with us, I look over to her and I realize she's got a fake fucking arm with a bracelet on it. So I, I tap Anthony on, on the leg like, dude, 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 look, look. I would have loved to and see then, Anthony's face when you... <laughs> oh and then God. everyone on my staff <laughs> on the show, we all realized at the same moment at Hooters that she was hiding her fake arm from us all that time. Was she hiding it or she was flaunting it? How do you not notice? I mean, when she's in the studio, but does she hanging, have like in a pocket. I don't know how she did, but none Was of she us like walking around like Napoleon. I, I don't know. It's a mannequin arm. So it, it looks like a mannequin arm. It's really creepy. It's creepy. That's, that they don't bother me one bit. They got the leg thing figured out, but they don't have the arm thing figured out. I know? think that's kind of. So anyway, and she was she was pretty. I I need a girlfriend. (laughs) She she was pretty sexy. So not the place for that. No. So I find myself uh, after one of these nights uh, drinking, we're on a rooftop in the village with her, and she invites me down to her her apartment. And I was in a bad relationship, so I'm like, I'm I'm thinking about it. I'll I'll be honest, I was thinking about it. So I go down to her apartment. That's all we think about. Can I get away with this? Can I get away with this? Can I? That's my my whole life is. Can I get away with this? It was still innocent. I go down to her apartment, and all her room. Roommates are, are high as shit listening to Pink Floyd, I, on I, and, and it's really dark with a couple candles lit. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Because the excuse was I got to get something from my apartment or whatever. I'm like, okay, you know, we're all hanging out. So next thing you know, I hear her call my name <laughs> from a room, right? So I open a door. It's the bathroom. She's in the bathtub completely naked with, yes. her, with her arm off. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So out of the ridiculousness of the situation, I'm really hot and cold about this whole thing. <laughs> the rest of her body, the rest of her body was really nice. I mean, really nice. Yeah, right. Everything, everything was all right. right? How bad was the arm? Was it like a little shark gnaw on the bottom? It was, it it was, little... it was above the elbow. Oh, and that's she, high. And she took it off, and she had candles lit. She was setting the mood. She's like, she I didn't think... want to get it wet. Was it wood? I, it was plastic, like Ken oh, said. Yeah. They really are like mannequin arms. Why didn't she just leave it? Uh, so leave it on. What I think they, she was feeling comfortable. Like this is me, you know, and let's get it on. I'm, 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 I'm attracted to you. So that you're a dumpster full of weird emotions <laughs> and innuendos and questions. She's about to find out. Right? She's about to see. Oakley literally turned into a rainbow. That he went full spectrum in there. <laughs> you're kind of right. You're kind of right. touching his. You know, you, Opie has all these tells. You're kind of right. He starts touching his peacheline, and then he starts touching his beard, and he pulls his ear. <laughs> so. So I walk in, candles lit, she's in the tub, no bubble so you can see everything. And you're full spectrum. Everything, and I'm like, and you can't look at the nub. 
The, the room might as well be nothing in I, in Opie's mind the room went, the room was a blank canvas and half of an arm so <laughs> so yeah there were some thoughts going on in my head and unfortunately the thought of laughing hysterically won over every other thought well, I had how is that even <laughs> one of the options because never meet your <laughs> idols bro because the ridiculousness of the situation that's yes, not ridiculous you yes, have to it was, work through that yes it was sexy yes uh, Pink Floyd music was how, how loud did you laugh show me how how, how I, I just, just do it do it now <laughs> that <laughs> no way <laughs> and, then, and then I couldn't stop she gets so mad I'm like I can't do this I go I, I just can't do this because I really was still with somebody right how are you? Oh, hey. Watch. She's How's it going? Good. good. We're podcasting. Sorry to interrupt you. I don't mean to interrupt you. Uh, no problem. Everybody's doing good? Good. Yeah. Okay, I'm moving on. All right. <laughs> oh, you're, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I forgot her name already. Wasn't she on the podcast panel with us? Oh, no. She was the... She's cute. She was the uh, she was the one that she was the moderator, right? Yes, Opie, Opie. Did you hit your head? We only did one thing. You forgot it. She has both arms though, so he forgot about it. There's, there's Ken. So I'm laughing hysterically, and then I can't stop laughing. I and I, I, I politely was like, I, I can't. I just can't do this. And I left, and I, I saw my way out. She got a bathrobe on as quick as possible, and at the top of the stairs, soaking wet without an arm and a bathrobe on, she's screaming at me, going, get back here! Wow. And, I, and, I'm and laughing. you didn't go back? No, and I'm laughing up at the stairs as I'm looking at her at the top of the stairs, and then I just... I, oh. I walked home laughing the entire <laughs> way home. You're thinking, I can't wait to tell Anthony tomorrow, yes. aren't you? Oh, yeah, we told this story on the air. Oh, I can't wait to see Oh, yeah, that's, that's the God's honest truth, man. I just, you know, I got the sexiness of it, but I also got how this is so ridiculous. I just wish I, could, I knew you back one. then so I could follow you in a situation and jump in at the last second and close them for you. Because how hot was she? Scale of 1 to 10. She, I mean, uh, if she had... Well, I mean, not that the arm should get in the way. She was probably a good solid seven to eight. Jesus. Yeah, she was all right. And the arm brought her back to and she, brought her all the way down to laugh? <laughs> well, I got another story. I'm not sure if we ever told this on the air. but So we had an office in NEW that, you know, it was like a clubhouse. So right. before the show, we were in there. After the show, we brought everyone in there. And we just continued because me and Anthony at the time, we just didn't want to go home to our significant others. I was in a bad relationship. He was in a bad, bad marriage, whatever. So... We just hung out as long as we could in the, in the office. And she would hang out with us. And this is a, another time where we should have probably known she had an arm, uh, a, a fake arm. Anyway, we had uh, disposable cameras. And I got, I got the film developed, like, way after she was gone and the Bill O'Reilly piece um, aired. And she was taking pictures of her snatch. She would just go like this. She was wearing a sundress. And one... Uh, and the time she did that, she had a string hanging out because she she was having her period. And had, I guess she forgot or thought it was covered. And because it was a portable, you know, it was a disposable camera, I mean, you know, she had no idea because nowadays you can take a picture right. and check it. She's like, oh, I'm going to leave pictures of my snatch for him. You know, this will get this will get him going. And we got the pictures developed finally when we found this old disposable. Like, what the fuck is this? And... You know, there were other pictures in there that proved it was her, and she was taking pictures of her uh, her pussy with All a string hanging a string. out. Yeah, exactly. I don't see anything wrong with that. So. <laughs> I have no problems with that. Oh, you, you would dig in, right? I, there's, there's very few things that can stop me: uh, police and maybe death. <laughs> maybe, death. <laughs> maybe, maybe, and, and and the smell, no problem. I, I'm not, there's nothing. 
First day of a period, no problem. That doesn't even phase me. I, there's no, at no point would I walk in and go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> You can appreciate it. I can. Okay. I just, I can appreciate it. I, I I'm just trying to dig through all my emotions, and laughter is not even in the top thousand. I think I was also a little, like, just in a weird way uncomfortable because I was like, what the fuck is going on here? So, right. I don't know. Ah, oh, the mustache guy's finally <laughs> hope you let these people go. You're like a pit bull. Stop it. I was going to say something. Stop it. Hey, man, I'm just seeing who you are, Dan Leonard. Podcast kiss. Podcast kiss. I, I like your mustache. Thank you. <laughs> I, that, that, this isn't going to help. Why? Because you can't, I mean, unless I get, rub my mustache oh. against oh. it. <laughs> Throw this away. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that was perfect. Oh, that was awesome, man. Thank you. So now you don't have to fully the mustache. <laughs> okay, there you go. Is that working for you? Nope. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, you got the I am, I am the man from Nantucket shirt from yeah. our Nantucket uh, Just trying to meet trip. some ladies. You know what? Uh, Raleigh Fingers slash the Iron Sheik got the best of me in the end. He got you. I bow to you, sir. Bravo. <laughs> uh, bravo. <laughs> Now I got mustache wax on this shitty podcast <laughs> water. Oh, did you see a little flea jump onto the microphone? <laughs> Look, it's all waxy. Oh. <laughs> see, that's like, my, that makes me laugh. Seeing a hot girl in a tub, that's, it doesn't I make know, me laugh. No, I mean... I'm just trying to figure out where you come from. Where did you arrive? To, right, Ken? Am I, am I crazy? No, I, I was a little... The uncomfortable thing I can totally get. I was, I was a little lost, too, because, you know, my relationship at home wasn't going well, but it wasn't officially over. And honestly, I was a little attracted to the amputee girl. Uh, I don't know, but the whole situation just seems so weird and just out of left field. So, I mean, her roommates were literally right behind the, you know, bathroom door, cranking up their dark side of the moon, so... Um, Ken, why don't you uh, explain your book, The Billion Dollar Repo Man. So is it your life story or is it more about uh, some of the... Just about the repos and stuff. I didn't really go into uh, before the repo stuff much. No amputee stories, nothing like that. That's smart. That's what people want to know. Right. That's what I thought. Sometimes you you ever get these celebrity books and it's like the first five chapters about your fucking life and it's just like, dude, I just want to talk about what makes you awesome. Right. You know what I mean? Each chapter goes over either one repo there's two days I did where I got five repos and nine repos in a day so Holy I go over the whole day and then there's a chapter about like life after airplane repo which is I'll give you a clue that's where you are so you have to go through the whole damn book um, you know some of the people I got to meet and, just tell me where to stop honestly I don't know it's towards the back stop I'll fight would it be funny if that actually if you were on that page because Opie had me up there a few times. Uh, yeah, no, I love Ken Cage, and, and he supports me, and and uh, and he and he fights uh, the good fight on, on the social media. That's fun. I actually saw just coming up here this morning. Listen to your um, YouTube piece with Bichetti. Yeah, yeah. About you know everything that went down. That was fascinating. Oh, thanks, bud. I just feel like you and I have a lot in common because you were talking about being the boss man and how all the crap falls on you, right. and that's. You know, I mean, Danny's a great guy. And I love him, but I get all this crap because I'm, just, you know, I'm the one yelling at people, and I'm right. just like, God, we, 
it was kind of interesting, a lot of the parallels. And I, had a, I had a lot of uh, pressure and stress put on me uh, during the o years, so, you know. I believe it. And uh, some bitterness uh, kind of sank in there. So, I mean, yeah. I actually had some, when we first got the show, I was actually, I had a regular partner who was a former WWE wrestler. We were supposed to do it together. I took him everywhere with me, and it, you know he was working for me. But we, you know, all the TV stuff, all the—if you look at all the earlier news stuff on NBC and uh, Wall Street Journal—this guy was with me. Well, once the show came, he kind of decided he wanted to be his own personality and compete against me on the show. So you can imagine, like that, just created this huge That's angst just for me. Terrible! There's, there's enough room for everybody. I don't. He was I, supposed to be my partner, like Danny yeah. is on the show. Yeah. And then I had to fire the guy, and then I acted like a jerk too. I did things I shouldn't have done in, in response. Right. Um, you know, and then that's how I ended up meeting Danny, which was great because Danny's fantastic. Right. Um, but everyone, like, everyone has their responsibility in it. You know, right. I, I hate the fact that so much of the responsibility has been put on me. And it's like, look, you know, they were no treat to work with either. And they had their responsibility in the whole thing and how, how the ONA uh, show just imploded in the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like there's, there's enough room for everyone. I don't, I don't listen to Anthony's show. I don't care about it. I, I, I couldn't tell you the first thing about it. I don't listen to Jimmy's show. I don't care about it. But even through all this bitterness and, 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 uh, and all... All, all the stuff I've been through through the breakup of the show, I still wish them the best. Right. You know, but I, I have moved on, and I don't I don't focus on what they're doing, although we're talking about it now, obviously. I know. But, it's my fault. But, I but these guys seem to know every move I make. It's so weird. I hear you. I mean, when you're emotionally invested as you were into what you're doing. I mean, it right. wasn't just, I feel like doing this. You were emotionally into it. That's why it was so good. And right. you could tell. So then when that's broke, and that's how I felt. Yeah, I felt that this guy was a, a friend of mine. Right. And then in the end, he goes with the former owner of my company, who, who hated me, and goes to the National Enquirer. Wow. So before the first episode came out, I was in the National Enquirer. What did he say about you? That everything I did was fake and I never did a repo. Right. It's like, come on. Yeah, but I didn't act right either, so I take my share of that. But yeah, I, I just feel like there was a lot, of, when I'm listening to it, I just felt a lot of parallels. Right. When you're in that high chair yeah. you're willing to take all the hits yeah. and the responsibility but then oh, yeah. you also end up taking all the oh, yeah. Yeah. you don't get a you, you take all the hits but you don't you don't uh, take the same amount of uh, credit right which is really really frustrating so yeah I, I literally held that show together for a long time and I, that doesn't take away from their talents but in the end I held that fucking thing together right because I know what the fuck I'm doing I had fun and that beer show we did now, come on my guy was that uh, was my, fun my brew guy was good yeah 2SP what's your favorite beer right now I, I just go to them mostly um, and I'm not a huge beer guy I like the 2SP stuff I like Brooklyn Lager for some reason I can't it's good stuff. I apologize I like it for that but I like Brooklyn Lock. Um, Carl turned me on to Chinese beer uh, recently. Cheap Chinese beer is awesome. Holy, <laughs> it really is. It's very refreshing. I drink, I'll, I drink very quickly, and I lock because I drink Boilermakers, so I'm constantly drinking bourbon, and I just use that to keep me from passing out. And it's, uh, I like cheap beer. I like, I like the taste of it. And Chinese and Japanese cheap beers. But you used a word in there that perfectly describes Chinese beers and uh, Japanese beers. Crisp. They're very crisp. Very crisp and nice. They are They go down nice and they're they're great when they're really cold. Oh, my God. I actually work with 2SP to develop a beer 
we called it Yahtzee because that's my catchphrase on the show. Nice. So we had a Yahtzee ale. It was an English bitter. It was you know, 4% ABV, it was, but it was crisp. 4%. Was good. Uh, that's a nice... So you could keep pounding. You could pound all day. Yeah. That's what I do. I pretty much drink since I wake up till I go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working through it. <laughs> I'm working through it. <laughs> Carl's an animal. I, don't, I really don't know how he does it. I killed, I killed I, Opie's agent last night. So Yeah? What happened? So Opie's After agent, I left. Opie's agent... Uh, I guess you want to have a heart-to-heart with me. Where's my career going? So one thing that media guys do, I mean agents and stuff, and I know this from you know, just experiences, they try to match up with you, you know, like sit down. and. But I don't think he realized that I'm a monster, right? So we're, he's, we're, going, he's, we're going drink for drink. He's drinking B&B. I'm drinking Jim Beam. Bro, he got up, dropped the glass, and he's like stumbling, and the bartender's like, is he okay? I'm like, one more. <laughs> She's like, I don't think I can serve him. I give him 20 bucks. She's like, one B&B coming up. And then that was it. And after that, his one eye was closed. He's like, can you give me a cigarette? I'm like, you don't smoke. He goes, I just need a cigarette. Oh, my God. He's an older guy, too. Oh, yeah. He, he, he almost didn't make it. Oh, that's hilarious. So he he couldn't finish one thing. story. He couldn't finish one story. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, I fell off the bike and broke my neck. Can I get a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? That's why he's an agent instead of doing this. <laughs> I love him, though. But uh, he's definitely not. Yeah, he had a tough uh, bike accident. He's all right. He's a good guy. You know, he's all right. All right, Ken Cage. got a fan over there. I like it. Where? Right there, the girl in the pink jacket. Uh, she's putting sanitizer on me. She was, uh... <laughs> Who are you? Leave her, please, no. Who are you? She's not a... It's Opie. Opie. Stop it. Now. She's what? got a knitting show. Yeah, she doesn't, she's not a fan of yours. She just has glaucoma. She's staring at you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was glaucoma. Skinny Michael Moore, love your podcast. Skinny Michael Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the name of his podcast, Skinny Michael Moore. Uh, All right, should we wrap up? What are we doing? Well, we're going home. We're driving home, right? Any more panels? No. Hope he was the best. Oh, Hope he, you know. Uh, what did you do? Uh, well, you know what? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm giving you nothing. <laughs> I thought he was, I, I was like in a congressional hearing up there. <laughs> this, no, I, I got, North up there. I'm going to tear down a wall. I'll tell you why this is killing me right now. Because, you know, this is funny for the podcast and stuff. But Carl was very complimentary after my, my panel. Our panel. I just told people the truth. <laughs> Ken Cage, so thanks. How do we get the book? Uh, Amazon, or you can, if you want an autograph copy... Uh, Ken Cage Repo at gmail.com. Got to sign this one for the kid. Do it for Opie. Um, that's why I bought the pen. Yeah. Hey, where are we where are we going with uh, aviation as we wrap up? What do you mean? What the hell as far of, as general aviation, you really are a podcaster. Uh, no, no, I'll tell you because um, I forgot where it was, but they're talking about flying trains. Did you see that article the other day? Oh gosh. But if it's in the air, isn't it just a plane? I'm so sick of people going, oh, flying cars. That would mean you, you, get, you got a fucking... A plane. With a wheels. plane. Right. Did you see the flying trains yet? No, I haven't seen that. They got some weird new technology where the, where the train takes off. Then how's it land? I don't know. I didn't get that far in the article. <laughs> flying trains. Oh, could you just look at the picture yeah. goes, hmm. Wow. Could you see him like with his little seat? He has these readers from CVS. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just going through the paper. You know, he, he goes like the weird, like, he, I bet you like has like his feet is all those weird uh, technology and science or who would have known it fucking articles. I no, I, actually I got Google alerts for uh, Little People Big World if you need to know. <laughs> if you need to know the truth. <laughs> There's a lot of drama in that family. You laugh at hot girls in tubs. It's a lot of drama in that family. You have no arm. 
Ron Valeri, who was the one that um, listened to me when I said he, Ron Valeri was trying to hire me to go to Boston to go to uh, AAF. And I said, you know, they had a night show available, but I was already doing nights at BAB. And I was the one that said, look, I'm working with this new guy, Anthony, who is as green as green comes, but, you know, a natural talent. And Ron Valeri believed in my vision, and I sent him tapes and go, and he goes, wow. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you up to Boston do afternoon drive instead. So I'll, I'll always love that guy. Right. But what he told me, he was the one that told me, all you need to do is read the first paragraph of any article, and you're good. Wow. <laughs> and I sort of do that That's now, Larry. <laughs> Until you ask the follow-up question. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What do you mean flying train? Boo, I don't know, I don't care. How does it I get fucked with the follow-up question. Um, just takes off but did you see how he started? Like, what do you think about the history of aviation? Like, he was hinging this whole conversation no, on but, one paragraph. But I do want to know where we're going because um, at uh, one of those, uh, tech, uh, I think it was Japan, they were talking about the drones, the single passenger drones now, where you could get a fucking drone and with GPS, you'd, you'd pop it in and this thing will fly you without a pilot, obviously, to your Let destination. You How close are we to actually having that as reality? We have it right now. No, nobody flies those planes half the time. I mean, they just land them and no, take but off. For, 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 no, I understand that, but for us, uh, for citizens. I mean, they were they were showing one in, in this uh, this show in Japan. Technology, what he should have done when he saw the girl in the tub. I'm so sorry, Ken. No, this is good shit. I yeah, I don't know if they're gonna have. I'll tell you what they're going to have. They're going to have planes. They're going to have big planes. And they're going to be run by robots. Right. No, like everything else. But people want uh, a, dr- uh, a drone just for them. They, they, they did now. It's called the Beluga. They I call saw it the Beluga. that. And, it looks like, and they make it look like the Beluga right. whale. So right. what people realize is, and this happened from the Concorde, they realize people rather have cheap than speed, right? So the Concorde is very expensive, but it got you places really fast. But they decided to go the other route, which is make planes ginormous, like a bus or a train. And very comfortable. So people have no problems. They're zombies. They have no problems sitting on a plane for eight hours as long as they have Wi-Fi and right. fucking cheap soda. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the history of aviation. That's going to be the, what aviation is. So you think these ginormous planes, and for $99, you go fucking anywhere. And you got a little, uh, like a little bar area that you can because walk remember, to. And- commercial flighting, flights are changing from business, from a business structure to a, to a vacation structure. Because right. People don't need to travel for business anymore. You right. can, you know, you can have Wi-Fi. You can communicate with right, people. Right, right, right. Of course. So that whole thing, like this whole conference shit, it's falling apart. It's gone. Yeah. Well, you know, that's why Vegas. You saw Vegas. Vegas is the, they're the smartest business people, yeah. right? Because they're the best people at corralling people. And if you notice how they went, they quickly went from the convention centers yeah. to concerts, restaurants, because they know yeah. that that business shit is almost yeah, video gone. conferencing is huge. Oh yeah. And with that said, uh, as we wrap up from the podcast movement, none of these people really needed to be here. They don't need to be even in their own lives. <laughs> <laughs> they all just came to see you two on the panel. Yeah. Opie on the panel. Isn't it? <laughs> I'm gonna get a lot of information from Opie. What do you think about this? Uh, yeah, I'll figure it out yourselves. <laughs> you can tell how KGOP is because one of the great people that was asking the question was his manager. Oh, <laughs> like, were you going to call me this week? Yeah. <laughs> Remember he asked the question? And then I moaned when he raised his hand. I'm like, oh, that's Mr. 10%. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. It was so funny. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, my God. Oh, my no, because here's the other thing. Like, when, you're, when you do this, 
Like, I got real ideas. I'm not sharing it with other people because they're the competition in the end. So I gave them, I gave them some, of, some of my shittier ideas that I already did a long time ago. Yeah, try this. It worked for me 10 years ago. It's not going to work now, though. The whole world has changed, you silly goose. Oh, it was bad. So, all right, Ken Cage. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. It's good to see you again. Really good to see you. Great to meet you, Carl. I appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks for all the kind words on Twitter. It doesn't go unnoticed. I really appreciate it. No problem. My friend Ken Cage. Me and Carl are going home now. Joey, do what you got to do. Okay, Greg. So, as you could hear, we're wrapping it up in the great city of Philadelphia at the 2018 Podcast Movement. And Opie and Carl are making lots of friends, showing their utmost respect for their fellow podcasters, not being typical radio or TV personalities. They obviously have an amazing grasp and an intimate connection to this grassroots surge in digital media and the camaraderie that goes with it. Thanks to Ken Cage from TV's Airplane Repo for stopping by. Let's get right back to our host, the funny cook who can't let go of Nantucket, and the conclusion of our visit to Philly. That one-armed girl story with the period, though. And Opie got fingered by Raleigh. Well done, mustache guy. Here I find myself in a hotel room in Philly, packing, getting ready to go back to New York City. And uh, I just ripped up my Excella Amtrak ticket because Carl Ruiz, the Cuban, just offered me a ride back to New York City in his 1988 Volkswagen Fox. I couldn't let an opportunity like that go by, so... I have decided to blow off the air-conditioned ride in the Accela so I can hang out with Carl and do more of that podcasting. Oh, yeah. So I'm trying to get out of my room here in Philly. But first, I want to say welcome aboard to a new sponsor. Yes! We're talking about Quip. Q-U-I-P. The truth is most of us are brushing our teeth wrong. Not for long enough and forget to change our brush on time. That's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip, Q-U-I-P. So what makes Quip so different? For starters, Quip is an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes while still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help clean your teeth. Quip's built-in timer helps you clean for the dentist's recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. Next, Quip's subscription plans are for your health, not just convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel wherever you take your teeth. And finally, everyone loves Quip. They were on Oprah's O-List, named one of Time's Best Inventions, and is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Plus, they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists, and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. If you love this podcast and you want to make brushing your teeth as easy as possible, then listen up right now. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com, that's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash O-P, that's getquip.com slash O-P right now, You'll get your first refill pack free with the Quip Electric Toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at GetQuip, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Opie. That's GetQuip dot com slash Opie. And welcome aboard, Quip. Loving the new sponsors. 
Trying to figure out how much money to leave for the maid. I honestly have a dollar seventy-eight left in my pocket. I'm going to leave that. That should be good for one night, right? I'm in a hurry. I got to meet Carl, but I want to discuss Omega Threes for a minute because Omax Three Ultra Pure, the purest Omega Three supplement on the market, contacted me about sponsoring the podcast. In case you're unaware, Omega Threes have been touted as one of the healthiest supplements, but many have questioned whether this fact is too good to be true. So you guys know that I do my homework on every potential sponsor on this podcast. And after talking with Omax Three and trying their supplements. They are definitely a must-try. Before I forget, make sure to visit tryomax.com slash opie. That's tryomax.com slash opie, O-M-A-X, by the way, to get a free box with your first purchase. Again, that's tryomax.com slash opie for a free box with your first purchase. Over 75% of Americans don't get enough omega-3s in their diet, and you're probably one of them, so let me tell you why they are so important to your health. They alleviate joint pain and muscle soreness and make you feel your best, especially post-workout. They also improve focus and memory, boost cardiovascular health, and more. And you're also probably wondering, what else makes Omax 3 different from other supplements on the market? Well, you've probably seen some of these supplements at the store, but many of the top sellers simply don't contain enough Omega-3s to give you results. Omax 3 Ultra Pure is almost 95% pure omega-3 fatty acids. It's the purest concentration on the market. They even have this cool thing they do called the Freezer Test Challenge. Basically, if you freeze any other omega-3 supplement, it'll get cloudy. That's all the filler. But an Omax 3 Soft Gel remains clear. It's that pure. That's right, folks. Omax 3 is clinically tested, so it's safe for you and your family. The purest option. No fish burps, by the way. There are many omega-3s on the market, but this is the purest, most potent, most concentrated one out there. So whether you're an athlete, student, busy parent, gamer, or working professional, almost anyone can benefit from Omax 3 Ultra Pure. And best of all, you can notice the positive effects within days. That's right. It worked for me. Go try omax.com slash opie. That's O-M-A-X. Omax.com slash Opie today to get a box of Omax 3 Ultra Pure for free with your first purchase. That's tryomax.com slash Opie to get your free box of Omax 3 with your first purchase. Tryomax.com slash Opie. Terms and conditions apply. That's T-R-Y-O-M-A-X.com slash Opie. And welcome aboard to Omax. All right, guys, if you love the podcast, try Omax and, of course, Quip. Two new sponsors to the Opie Radio Podcast. I couldn't be more excited. But right now I got to go. I got to join Carl down in the lobby. We are going to continue this podcast. And I believe it's going to be from his Volkswagen Fox from 1988. Opie Radio. What the fuck? The Opie Radio Podcast. What the fuck is he talking about? I'm confused. No, I make fun. We're out of here. Stop it. I left the keys in the room. Made it nice and easy for everybody. We're in a giant lobby. So long, fellow podcasters. We're out. All right. All right. Thank you, buddy. Over and out. We're out of here. There it is. Someone just got All right. Where are we going now, Carl? Where's the next adventure? We're going to go eat steak. Ooh, where? So there's this place that's been open for like 40 years, right on the border of Philadelphia, New Jersey. It's called The Pub. 
and they still do with charcoal like a backyard barbecue, but inside grilled steaks. Ooh. So we're gonna eat steak and taters. Ooh, yeah. Now you're oh, talking. What do you mean? You got so excited about that? I, I, I literally walk into a water fountain talking about food. Well, you told me we were stopping in Camden on the way home from Philly to New York. Right. And I told my wife, she's like, oh, great. Okay. She basically was saying, you're too white to be in Camden. But I'll, I'll bet. Yeah. yeah. That's not when you walk out. We're out of here, night in Camden. <laughs> oh, no, I will no. not do that. Someone will hit you with a sleepy dart. <laughs> oh, I'll be the first person to admit that. Oh, you're going to be quiet as a church <laughs> oh, house. yes, I will. <laughs> yes, I will. There's nothing that stops Opie's antics like urban culture. <laughs> you got you to gotta size up uh, the area and the people you're around before you pull some of the shit I pull. You may, you may and I'll be the first to admit that. Oh, it's got to stop immediately. By the way, Maggiano's, where we had a drink yesterday... Yeah. This is a really good restaurant. Shut up. I'm serious. For you. Why? Do you... You think that's good? After eating at Ralph's, you're going to... No, Ralph's was definitely better. But no, I mean, people know I got family in Philly. We've gone to Maggiano's. Well, that's just because of your, you know, your your financial climate. But that doesn't mean that it's great. I I thought it was terrific. It's not bad. But it's not... It's not... Stop it now. Usually I agree with you or just tolerate whatever you say, but I'm not going to let you just say my jail is a good time. Is it is because it it's too touristy? A little bit. It's in a tourist area, I so... I like the, so I'll tell you the old thing. I just don't like the flavor of their sauce. I just don't. All right. Do you like Maggiano's? I mean... Just don't take me there. Go there on your own, and then we'll meet up after. Honestly, I couldn't even tell you what I ordered. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> See, <Just talking. laughs> so you keep me talking, and then the wheels fall off. <laughs> you, you can only sustain an argument. If you don't win immediately... <laughs> well, but I'll tell you the truth, though. I remember I was with my family, and uh, we had a really good time hanging out and having, a, you know, socializing. But this is funny. This is how little people really, how thin their convictions are on places. Like, the only time I saw you really stick it to it was, um, was what's his name? Was with Nick Solaris? Yeah. Because you absolutely hated the tripe. Well, but I, I try to have an open mind. But I, I, it was brutal, man. You really loved it. I love that stuff. I fucking love it. Man, I don't get it. I think it, I think the other problem is I didn't eat it in front of you and Nick. Maybe you would have explained it better or something. I don't know. There's a couple things you have to know about the car. Oh, shit. I haven't been in the car in a while. It's really loud. Yeah. The air conditioner's going to work maybe until we get to the restaurant. Okay. And then we're going to have to do windows up and down. Okay. I smoke in the car. No. Yes. Oh, like a chimney. <laughs> like a champ. <laughs> Fucking choo-choo oh. train car. Choo-choo. Wait. So you... You don't even know where your car is. So so basically, you're getting me back for all the times I wouldn't let you smoke in my car. You're going to have smoke fest. It's going to be like a club in the 70s. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. He goes, I can't wait. We're going to smoke them up. Uh, if we could find your car. It's so small. Okay, so, like, Where's your car? <laughs> no. What the fuck? See right there? Oh, there it is. Let's look. Your car is tiny. You, oh you don't God. realize how small the Volkswagen Fox is. Do you, do, I, do you have room for my luggage? Bro, this is one of the... In 1988, this had a class-leading trunk space. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In you go. Look at that. 
Perfect. Thank you, sir. That room, Thank you, buddy. All right, you're not married. Well, okay. I, how did you make that awkward? I have no idea. Make a podcast noise, then I'm going to turn this off, and then, I don't know, we'll turn it on on the road. Yeah. Philly, we're out. Oh, I got to clean out the side. Oh, you got to clean out the side first? Oh, there's a lot of stuff in here. But that was a good out for the segment, and now, oh my God, I can't sit in the passengers. Holy shit. One, two, three. You have seven packs of empty Marlboros on your passenger seat. I could sit on most of that stuff. I don't care. I'm easy. I I could sit on most of that. No, it's toasted coconut. That's toasted coconut from where? I had a cupcake before. Good for you, buddy. Proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> what's, what's that? The papers when I, we got served for divorce. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Hold on. Don't drive away with Billion Dollar Repo Man's book on the hood of your car, by the way. I'll put it with the rest of your stuff. <laughs> he knows we love him. Ken, don't worry. Your book... Is on the pile of other stuff in the passenger seat of Carl's Volkswagen Fox. Now Opie has shotgun while Carl sits in the driver's seat, hopping back. Vominos. You bring your window up. You got an AC going. Is it AC? I can't tell. I feel, look at that. Feel that. It's like a fucking refrigerator. Oh, that's nice. A, I'm telling you, bro. This car is beautiful, world class. Should we drive with the fog lights on? Yeah, why not? Let's get the full experience. It's gonna be. I'm starving. All right, we'll uh, we'll turn this back on when we're on the highway, or if we have something interesting to talk about. If not, next stop Camden. <laughs> we just passed the church I got married in. You like that church, right, Carl? I was awesome. I could. I could. I could. I didn't. I love that movie, The Sixth Sense, and that's the church from The Sixth Sense you told me. Yeah, we got married in the church from Sixth Sense here in Philly. I, I forgot the actual name of the church. It's gorgeous. And my wife, man, she freaking figured out how to get a gospel choir in a Catholic church. That is, like, unheard of. Yeah, so we had the gospel uh, choir up in the rafters just blasting out when the saints come marching in. That's pretty awesome. It was, it was really awesome. And uh, I didn't realize we were going to pass the church. That, that, that just made me very happy inside. And now we're uh, crossing the Ben Franklin Bridge. And we're going to be eating in Camden in, in mere seconds, mere minutes, whatever. Where are we going again, brother? We're going to a place called The Pub where they do charbroiled steaks. How about that? I'm very happy. Do they make, like, taters? Mashed taters. Mashed taters? Yeah. All right. And they, do, and they put a little egg wash on top so they get brown and crusty. Gotta be brown and crusty. <laughs> Look at your face. We're gonna eat well. Alright, I'm gonna try some here. But I think I'm gonna win on this one. Tater tots. Thumbs up. Tater tots is one of the best inventions in the world. Okay, good. I get weak when uh, there are tater tots around. I can eat a thousand tater tots. Literally a thousand. Ketchup, no ketchup. I like them with ketchup. All right, good. But the ketchup can't be too cold either. Why? I like the I like the combo of no, hot and cold. It, it could be cold, but not cold. Kind of like this podcast. Hey! Drive into this piling right here. <laughs> <laughs> Time jumping in more ways than one. Now we could eat.
right, we made it to the pub, and and I gotta say, uh, I would never eat here. But but hear me out. Oh, I, no no no, hear me out. Because okay. because this is where I, I'm getting a lot of knowledge from you, Carl. Like if I pass this place, the pub in Camden, New Jersey, which I didn't even know until today is legendary. Right. I would drive right by this going, that place can't possibly be, you know, something because it's an old sign and, and this and that. But that's, I'm learning that is just so stupid uh, uh, as far as, you know. It's counterintuitive. Yeah, as far as judging like food places. How's it riding a fox? Nice car, right? I like it. My back will never be the same trying to get out of this thing, but I got two herniated discs. Not a lotus. <laughs> <laughs> not, it's not a lotus. I'm actually really excited to eat here. Are you throwing the... That's it for the laminate? <laughs> From Podcast Movement? Come take, I'll take a selfie with me up over there. All right, we're going to go take a selfie. Look at this place up. This is everything I love in a restaurant. The fake shield coat of arms from nowhere, England. <laughs> a giant sign that says pub. Right. Like, it's, it's... Restaurants used to describe exactly what they were. Remember, Sally's Steak and Lobster. The owner's name was Sally, and it had steak and lobster. They made it just Piano bar. Guess what? There was a fucking piano in it, right? And a bar. And that's all gone. Look at this sign. Look how... This is why these new restaurants that are called Abigail's Perch. Right. It fucking goes out of business, right? right? This says pub with neon on top, then backlit on the bottom, then a giant sign that says bar charcoal and steaks so I think we're getting steaks today you know what there's a confidence in that sign I'm noticing now that you're right. pointing it out here, like they know who they are alright we're doing a little selfie actually hold on let me look at a sign South Jersey tradition the pub 60 years and going strong look at their logo that's awful but it's perfect it has it's like it that. tells me I can get a cocktail and I can eat a steak what else do you... And I, this is a, people have such a problem with messaging. And the South gets it. Like, you'll go to Harold's uh, Rib and Chicken. Harold's in there, right? <laughs> yeah. And you're going to get ribs and chicken. But now you have places called, you know, Tipsy Johnson's. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? It's almost like you're waiting to go out of business. They're, they're being too clever for their own good. And watch when you walk in here. You're just going to get this aura of... Late fifties, or like, I mean, look at the doors. Look at the old brass. Everything has a theme. Like this has like a. This looks like the original medieval times, except without the horses and shit. Bro, I'm gonna make a pact with you. What's that? I'm gonna behave. No, you're not. No, I'm making a pact. I, you cried wolf too many no, times. No, I shook your hand. That All means right. a lot to me. Okay, done. I just made a pact. Okay. But if I if I don't shake your hand and I make that same pact, you know it's bullshit, okay? <laughs> Look at, right, right. Look at this place. Look at this place. Oh, this is nice. Look at this lounge. I mean, come on. It's very homey in here. Look at this. You feel like you're walking back in time a little bit, too. You are. Look at the chairs. You don't see the city anymore. To more innocent times. All right. We're going to eat. Video games for the kids. You know why? Because kids like video games. <laughs> you think? <laughs> There's no Fortnite in there, though. No. Or Minecraft. That's That might be a problem. Wow, look at this dining look room. At, look at That's where they cook. So that's the kitchen. An open pit. For real, this is gorgeous. This is like really, though, stepping back in time. Hey. Hello. Hey. How are you? Two. Two for some... Uh, We're talking, are we? Two 
No. <laughs> Why, are you cursing on my podcast? Yeah. He has your recorded now. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah, but we don't know who you are. It's you just some... <laughs> why are you walking away from us? Now she's hiding her face. It's not... It's not TV, though. They can't see you. So they're not going to know that you cursed on my speak. podcast. Why can't you speak? <laughs> I can't. I'm kidding. This place is gorgeous, man. First time I'm here. What should I order? Um, the broiled crab cakes is special. Um, lunch special is very popular. And also the balsamic salmon. The balsamic salmon smells really good. Right. Um, I never personally had it, but I always keep telling myself to, to try it out because of how good it is. But that, that's Carl from the Food Network, and he said, try the charcoal steak. That's, uh, you want something from the dinner menu? Because she handed you lunch menus. Oh. You want dinner menus as well, too? Yeah, because we want a steak. All right. I mean, there's also, though, there's a lunch filet and a lunch sirloin on there. All right, great. Thank so you. So you can look at that. But there's more steak options on the dinner menu. All right, beautiful. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right. Carl, just just getting to know everybody. promised <laughs> me. No, I was nice. She'll tell you. And I even bragged. I said you were from the Food Network. Oh, why'd you do that? That makes everybody nervous. <laughs> why? <laughs> I was bragging. I was the proud. The didn't exist when they built this thing. <laughs> no kidding. All right, well, turn this off. But we're going to turn it back on if I got something going on here. Okay, you've had enough of these guys chewing food and talking with their mouths full in your ear. Let's skip forward. Find out if Opie behaved and head home. Oh, wow. I told you I was gonna be well behaved bro that was amazing that's nice right nice and old school what a nice little place that was one of the best fillets i've ever had in my life right it like melted in my mouth you didn't even need sauce or nothing nothing i I didn't put ketchup or steak sauce i think that might be honestly the first steak i that i never put anything on yeah they seasoned it right this place is great it looks like an old school like uh, place you'd find in the Poconos or right. some kind of well, old the old dirty lodge. dancing, you know, cafeteria style dining rooms. It smells like uh, winter in there wow. because of what? What kind of stoves are those? Those are charcoal fired uh, hearths. That's a hearth, right? When something that doesn't have a door, you usually call it a hearth, right? It's literally they're cooking in fireplaces. Like that's how old school it is. Oh man, it made the steak extra right? nice and tender. Nice little smoke to it. it. Beautiful. Let's head home, man. Oh man. I am stuffed. Got a chick's number. That was pretty cool, right? I saw Carl working it. Smooth, bro. <laughs> Thank you, man. Smooth. That was clean, right? Because I told, I told them when we first got in, like you walked ahead of me. I'm like, hey, man, he's on the he's on the Food Network. So then she was all sort of like flirty, and then she was like. You know, she's like, maybe you can get me on grocery games. Can I t- say yeah. your line? And then you go, well, give me your number. Uh, I could guarantee we could go get a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no way is this going to work. And sure enough, man, she gave you the number. Isn't that nice? It was beautiful. How's it waiting? Always be closing, Opie. Always, Always be closing. Back into the old Volkswagen facts. Foxaroo. Foxaroo for the kid. Oh, this is just like taking Amtrak back home to New York. I actually would rather do this anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, she started. It's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you understand what a big deal it is. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> we might be done. We're going home now. Opie Radio. Well, we just hit a milestone. 
Carl has announced to me that the Fox is up to speed. We are up to speed. It's like being in a biplane. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Everything's shaking. <laughs> what do you mean shaking? It's, it's called harmonizing. Everything's working. This is German engineering. There's a bit of a rattle in this thing. Do you want to see something really cool? No, I don't. So the steering wheel's loose. Yeah. So if I press it down, it beeps the horn. <laughs> <laughs> So sometimes, like, I'm making a hard turn, and I just start doing that. <laughs> Tries everyone nuts. Oh, people start looking. Because it's got a big car horn. Right. Here? I, but I, it's a little car. Yeah, I hear it. Oh, I thought you liked podcast noises. I love I'm podcast I'm giving you a concaphony of podcasts. Right, give me another one, man. <laughs> That's the only one you got. Well, the other ones are just happening on its own. And, man, uh, this, this car has balls. You're zigging in and out with the trucks. Right. I don't know if you're going to win that battle, my friend. Uh, I'm used to losing shit lately. That's a nice car. I like Mercedes. Who doesn't like Mercedes? Nobody. They're beautiful. You should get a Benz, Opie. What, what, what would someone like me do with a Benz? Huh? We're bringing the Fox down from speed. Looks like we got some traffic lights. We're going back up to speed. Uh, I see that. <laughs> a little speed for the key. <laughs> you got to ease this thing in. You know what I mean? What year is this again? 1988 Fox Wagon GL. Four speed. Four on the floor with 73 unbridled horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> I can guarantee from this point all the way to New York City, we got at least an hour, hour and a half. We're not going to see another car on the road that's older than a 1988. No. It is rare when you see a, a 1988 or less, you know, or older on the road. People love it. I get a lot of thumbs up, or they're telling me to move out of the way. One or the other. <laughs> I get a lot of attention. <laughs> I love this thing. It's nice. Do you really love it? No. Oh. She took everything. <laughs> this thing reminds me of all the bad decisions I've made. It's like my own personal life penalty box. Yeah, but you're still believing in the, the flying pig. Oh, no, I like this car. I'm just joking, but I like to keep it trimmed because I now all I do is really travel and stuff. You know what I mean? So when I'm in Jersey, I mean, I'm just going to use this little car. Everything else, I'm either an Uber or a car service or, you know what I mean? I have a different life now. A private jet every once in a while. It's just me. It's not like, you know, any, everybody in the car is an adult now. I don't mind if people get hurt. <laughs> like, everybody's got insurance. So that's it, man. We're having fun. We had a good time in Philly, I'll tell you that much. Oh my God. I don't know why we were there, but fuck <laughs> it, we made it work. Oh, we had fun. We had a lot of fun. Well, I guess we could have done that in uh, New York. We could have done literally done that anywhere. We could have done that in your closet. Bro, uh, the kid just uh, let one out. A little squeaker. Hey, bro, none of that, because then i got to bring the windows down. It takes a little while to get the AC up to speed. I hear you. Don't, don't be that guy. I like how you guarantee that uh, the AC is not going to make it all the way to New York. That was a guarantee. Yeah, yeah it's guaranteed. That is a guarantee. I'm bringing it up to speed. Here we go. Oh, okay. Hang on, everybody. Okay. <laughs> there she goes. I haven't been this low to the ground in a long time. <laughs> this is the, light, the height that I live at. I like driving up high. Oh, we're smaller than everything on the road. I, 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 this, that, that is another guarantee. Why are you holding the handle like that? Huh? It's such an odd way. Like, we're not on a ride. I'm, wi I'm white knuckling. <laughs> You're a madman. Oh. It doesn't help that you're checking all your socials while we drive. Well, I gotta make sure everything's on the up and up. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And plus, when this thing's up to speed, it's pretty much autopilot. Oh, really? Watch, look. All oh, right, put your hands <laughs> on the wheel. Oh, my God, that's some funny shit. Oh, no, no squeaker for the kid. Oh, come, Opie. We can't be an hour and a half and you shit your pants the whole way up. A little Ralph's, a little Ralph's action. <laughs> Coming back to bite me. <laughs> the Ralph's. Ralph's in the pub. You've been eating rich these last couple of days. Yeah, but see, I, I mean, you know I eat. Yeah, you eat. I just don't eat like this every day. That's the difference. You do. You crushed that steak. You were so happy. Dude, that steak was amazing. Wasn't that good? That was really good. I told you. I, I don't know if, uh, yeah, I guess we didn't talk about it on the podcast, but that just brought me back to going out to dinner with my dad. Yeah, that restaurant is old school. That was like Beefsteak Charlie's, Ground Round, uh, kind of a Poconos yeah. feel to it. There's this, there this place up, I don't know if it's called the Poconos, but it's called Woodlock. And we used to take uh, the kids every year and for uh, in the snow. They had like toboggans and shit, you know what I mean? And they had a cafeteria, like dining room like that one at Woodlock. And I get there. And the place is stuck in the perfect year. It was like 1973, 74. I, you couldn't order every the food. The chef only knew how to make prime rib and grilled cheese sandwiches and shit like that. I ordered a tray of grilled cheese sandwiches with a tub of mashed potatoes and just dipping the mashed potatoes into grilled cheese sandwich for like two hours. And then I'm drinking Shirley Temples with the kids. And then they would bring out, like, Elmo, like a really fake raggedy Elmo. <laughs> Shake the kids' hands. All the kids are crying. There's an organ player in the dining room. Oh, it was heaven, man. I love it. But that's a real memory right there. Yeah, it was awesome. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the kids will remember that more than going to Disney. Oh, yeah. Disney, Disney was just one gift shop after another. I was getting crushed at Disney. We're finally going down. What do you mean? Going to Disney. Oh, you're doing it? Finally, yeah. I'm not looking forward to it. You got to get the fast pass or whatever. The yeah, yeah, yeah. We're looking into all that shit. So, my wife was worried because we were looking into, I forgot the name of the place, but that's where the kid got pulled under by the alligator. Oh, there's no more alligators there. That, that's what I told her. I'm like, it's the safest place to stay at Disney now. They can't afford to have that happen again. They got rid of every single alligator. Bro, there was open season on alligator. Disney World, no, they don't even have alligator cartoons anymore. Like, <laughs> they wiped it out. There is not one alligator there. Oh, I believe that. Disney does not mess around. Do you see that kid got eaten? And then all of a sudden, you never hear from them again? Settlement, done. Oh, yeah, they never popped up again. No, they're rich now. Think they made him like a kid, like an animatronic kid? Jesus. I'm just saying. Anything's possible with Disney. We love Disney. Mm-hmm. We'll Disney's be back after these, but no. <laughs> but we're finally doing it, so. I don't know. People seem to actually like it. What? Disney World? Yeah, yeah. I like it. But I mean, parents and stuff, you know, the kids are going to like it. Yeah, they are. So, if anyone has any tips on Disney for real. Yeah, bring money. Lots of money. Really? And, uh,. The best thing is to make make believe one of your kids has a problem, so they put them in those cool like whale wheelchairs. Really? You'll get to every line. I'm gonna start kicking my kids in the shit. No, they just gotta teach them how to fake it. If I knew what I know now, I would have shut up my kids with two neck braces and IV bottles. <laughs> we would have banged out. We would have banged out Disney World in 20 minutes. <laughs> 
I have a really good friend. I can't really mention him by name anymore because uh, he's a big time corporate guy. We got a new rattle coming in. Oh, really? New rattle for the for the fox. It's only when I bring it up to speed. Yeah, how about we slow down a little? We're at 71 knots. I don't, th- <laughs> I don't think this car can handle 71. You don't think so? I don't know. I will bring it down a little. How many pieces of this car have you left on the highway? Uh, conservatively about six. That's not too bad. No, I lost the timing belt cover. Um, I lost the hubcap, but I went back and got it because it was vintage. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I went back and got it because I'm Cuban. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> you know I went out with a Puerto Rican, right? How'd that go? It was weird because I swear the first Christmas that I spent with her and her family. What is going on here? Look at that G-Wagon. Um, Government plates. That's a fucking, that's uh, a federal. And they're flying. Uh, first Christmas with, with her and her family, the, the mom's boyfriend, uh bought her hubcaps as her Christmas present. And that's when I knew I was in a very different world than how I grew up. Oh my god, that's Very different world. But anyway, I have a friend, I I don't really uh, name him by name, he knows who he is, but he played Cripple. He did? Yeah. Back in the day, we used to bootleg um, concerts. Oh, those stories were incredible. I used to just set up a giant tripod. (laughs) Oh, we used to get off on doing it. But see, you tell this story now, and everyone's like, what's the big deal? Because you go to a concert now, everyone just lifts up their fucking phones and tapes the whole thing. But you got to remember, especially, uh, you know, as older people back in the day, man, you weren't allowed to film a concert. And the equipment was huge. So he had, he he modified a wheelchair. He uh, hollowed out the seat. So he put all the equipment in the seat. Um, and then he had me and a couple other guys. My whole job was to bring in the tripod. That's how confident he was. He's like, fuck bringing in the camera. And let's, I want a stable video, so I need a tripod as well. So that was my job. And so how my, my job is simple to walk in with the tripod. They would go, what the hell is the tripod for? And that's when I show them my binoculars. And they bought it. What? Yeah, because they allowed the binoculars back in. And then we would meet in a bathroom. Uh... My friend would go in as the cripple. Like, right. he's in the wheelchair. That's why we're going. And then we'd all meet in the bathroom. And then he had a gym bag that he would transfer all the, the big uh, uh, cameras and stuff into. And then we would go and put, like, the concert. And then he traded these all over the world. You would sell them? Yeah, a little bit. You know, it's, it was more of a trading thing, but he... Uh, yeah, he sold some. He made some nice money. But, I mean, he, he just got off doing it, really. But he would study the arena, and, and he would get tickets that were in the middle of a row, in the middle of a section. So the people at the venue, the security people and stuff, they, they're not going to bother somebody in the middle. And then when the people around you knew what you were doing, they all would get off on it, and uh, they would help you. Oh, th- no shit? They would Robin Hood it? Yeah, they would help you. And then um, my friend, guy, I almost said his name three times during the story, he... Uh, he would dress up the, the tripod and the camera right. and put a hat on the camera and a coat around the tripod. So now it looks like a guy. No! Oh, yeah. Dude, he was all in. That's awesome. And then he even knew he was going to get caught from time to time. So let's say, you know, he would get the first hour of the concert taped. And then he had a runner, another one of our friends, all fraternity brothers that were just, you know, waste, waste, uh, 
got a whole, whole squad doing this. A whole, a whole squad. So oh, then, good for him. So then when the first hour was done or the first set, he would take that tape out, give it to a runner who had tickets on the other side of the arena. That, and that was even pre-planned. Yeah. Awesome. So why? So if they came and got it, they wouldn't get the tapes, right? Yeah. Then if he got caught, he at least he at least got the first hour or whatever. Yep. And then we would all meet after the concert back in the bathroom. He would he would stuff everything back in the wheelchair and we'd wheel him out. Did you ever see him get caught? No. I did a few with him. Um, I don't know how many he did, but I did at least. I'm trying to think, even I probably did at least six. It was fun, man. Sounds fun. Oh, Southern Jersey, what a beaut, huh? It's nice out here. I've done this ride probably conservatively 200 times in the last since I've known my wife. So you know this ride inside and out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all those times you commuted, but yeah, you have Siri on the mic for shit's sake. You're worried about that little new noise. I just want to find out what it is. Hopefully it's not an engine part. <laughs> that would suck for the kid. <laughs> yeah, the kid can't afford another expense. <laughs> Still got a ways to go. I say we do a little uh, little Instagram live. Go ahead, Instagram it up. Instagram it up. A little live from the uh, the Fox. Live from the Fox. As the Fox is up to speed. We are up to speed. All right, checking connection. You are now live. There you go. I'm bad. I'm nationwide. You like ZZ Top? I like I like ZZ Top. Yeah. I'm going to talk loud because I got noise-canceling headphones on, so I feel like I'm in a new car. Being a pilot in this thing, right? <laughs> Where's my headphones? Only got one pair of. <laughs> Jesus. Lost the other one in the divorce. <laughs> she even took those? Oh my gosh, she took batteries out of stuff. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's a bit vindictive, huh? Oh, you think? Yeah. Oh, the people are flying into the room. Nice. Uh, what cat is that? What, is, what are they trying to say? You mean the flying pig on that's the... flying pig, cuz. Yeah, that's a flying pig on the front of Carl Ruiz's... Fox. Night Fox. 88 Fox GL. 100... No, 76 unbridled horsepower. Four on the floor. 61 foot-pounds of torque. <laughs> let's bring it up to speed. I love it. The whole ride, Carl's like, let's bring it back up to speed. <laughs> and I'm here to say, when you go from 60 to 71, this thing tops out at 71 miles an hour... That last 11 miles per hour is rough. Like you feel a, every nut and bolt like working its ass off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fucking thing shakes until it gets up to 71. It's like where that movie is the right stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Testing the new capsule. <laughs> All right. Oh. People love the, the hood ornament there, Carl. She's a beaut. That's the flying pig. I, I don't know if you believe in the flying pig theory anymore, do you? What do you mean? This thing is cook- cooking right now. No, but you, I, I mean, you know, the flying pig, that means anything's possible, right? Everything's possible. You still believe that? I do. I think anything's possible. The only thing is now it went from a, ne- a positive thought to a negative thought. <laughs> anything's possible. It's <laughs> only one way to go from here. That's hell. And that would be up. That's true. Right? I think so. 
Oh, they're calling it the Flying Roland. <laughs> There's some funny fucks on the Instagram Live. Oh, that's so Very funny. nice. Uh, how many spare quarts of oil does Carl carry for the Fox? Uh, I carry uh, about two and a half quarts. Yeah. How many cigarettes has Carl smoked so far? Well, I gotta tell you, people, one cigarette. Carl's cutting down a little bit, I believe. It's too much. And he's got the Marlboro pack where it says in giant letters, smoking kills. Oh, yeah, we can show it. There it is. There it is. That's how they sell them now? Well, these are these are from somewhere else. Can't talk about that. Oh. Really? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Did you just get passed by a Ford... Aerostar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. Well, I'm not concentrating. I'll bring it back. Okay, we're bringing it back up no, to no, speed. No, no, no. Don't bring it back up to speed. 65 sure. feels way more comfortable I'll bring this it right thing. back up to speed. <laughs> okay. Car's going back up to speed. All right. Here we go. We're going back up to speed. Okay. 70. All right, we're going to hit it. See the little pig start to shake? I, I, yeah, I see the pig shaking. It actually might fly off the, the hood of your car. Impale me in my chest. Yeah. What a way to die. Oh, wait. I got to go back. There was a good question. Where was it? Oh, does uh, does that thing have AC? Huh? Well, Carl, pro- he, Carl's like, I, I can't promise you that the AC is going to work all the way to New York. Right. But so far, so good. I mean, we're nice. It's, it's a comfortable 81 in here. <laughs> That's about right. That's about right. That's about right. Right? Yes. Oh, Jamesburg. Okay. That brings back some memories. Jamesburg? Why does Jamesburg bring back That's, memories? Uh, 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 kid jail. You went to kid jail? Ah, I got a couple visits. <laughs> ah. You want to go there and say hi to anybody? Nope. Little, uh, no? Did you really go there? Yeah, but it was it was a cold, it used to be called Scared Straight. When sure. you were a bad kid, they would go there. Sure, I saw that on TV. Yeah, yeah. they would go you and actually scare lived you. It? Yeah, yeah. But I ended up being friends with everybody. Oh, really? <laughs> actually, me going to that program made me literally Lex Luthor when I was a little kid. <laughs> now I just made more bad friends. It was awesome. To me, I thought it was like the podcast thing that we right. liked. It was like a mixer. Yeah, yeah of course it was. Oh, by the way, they're noticing the uh, the eleven dollars. On your dashboard, right? And they're they're saying that Marie just called. She wants her five fifty. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, show the people. Uh, so I got I got like a something is like a bad connection. Yeah. And the steering wheel's loose. Yeah. So when you push the wheel down, it beeps. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Carl told me I can't really show where my feet are. I'm kind of... My feet are on. Can I show them real fast? No. What? No? What are you talking... I, there's a lot of papers with my names on Okay. It. That's a... And they take screenshots of shit. Yeah, they're yeah, they're sneaky, are, these they're motherfuckers. Sneaky. That's it. They're all trying to get something on you. Yeah, there's a... Uh, no, it's pretty much a garbage pile at my feet. Well, we could just bring stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> so you got one of those? Okay, how about you focus on the road? <laughs> Okay. I got some water. Yeah, I see that. Check out Opie and Carl on Instagram for some of the visuals you might have missed on this audio-only podcast. uh, Half a cupcake. Half a cupcake. Nice. They both like to go live at random times at Opie Radio and Sabor Chef. I got another half a cupcake. (laughs) Very nice. Wow, I set the uh, America. I set the social media on fire by basically saying that Sirius uh, called me. 
And now people are like assuming that it's uh, a radio show that's... Oh, I saw that thing. You're going to be on uh, Afternoons? Well, no. You know what's happening. No, I don't. (laughs) What are you talking about? You know. For the kid? For the kid. A little radio show for the kid? There's been some... There's been some talking. Let's just put it that way. No shit. I I didn't say that it was an actual show, though. That's that's just social media running with it. We're under contract with Westwood One. The podcast leader. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> uh, Jimmy's Barbecue. Yeah, right on, man. He writes, nice meeting you guys last uh, night. I, was, I hung out with Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's Barbecue, dude. Awesome fucking dude, man. Yeah, he was very, very cool. He tried to drink with the kid. Yeah? He couldn't keep up? Well, he did great. I mean, we, we went to like uh, one, one in the morning, and then uh, and then he petered out a little bit. But we were drinking hard stuff. We were drinking Manhattans and Negronis and... Oh my uh, he must God. have done, you know, three or four shots with me at the bar when I, when I, uh, because it was your agent. Right. So, uh, How's the Christmas tree? What? How's your royal pine? This one's out of gas. Yeah, I would assume that one's out of gas. Yeah. Let's out here, huh? All right, okay, I'm going to bring it back up to speed. Oh, boy. <laughs> Watch the, even the, even the needle struggles. <laughs> <laughs> Why is your speedometer needle even struggling? You see it shaking back and forth as it's attempting it's to get up to speed. Person. You ever talk to an old person? They got a little shake of poo. Shake a poo. That car is garbage. How dare you, sir? That car is garbage. Your mother's garbage. Whoa! Hey! Whoa! Sorry about that. Quick cut in as Opie reprimands Carl for actually calling his mother garbage. And as a former cast member who spent over 10 years with Disney and going to the parks, Quick tips. Fast pass and reserve places to eat early as possible. Head to the Magic Kingdom and sign up for Splash Mountain the moment you're there. And don't forget to go to the Hall of Presidents, if only to get a few laughs at that creepy Trump animatronic monster. I heard it's authentic hair. And of course, bring your Minnie Mouse recording gear with you and let's get an ep or two out of it. And before you head to Orlando, watch the flick Escape from Tomorrow. Brilliant satire, and it was produced a lot like this podcast, Gorilla Style. And by the way, we excuse Opie for acting as if dating a Puerto Rican girl is the equivalent of Captain Kirk banging a green alien on that Star Trek episode. Uh, that hood ornament would tear a hit-and-run victim up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would. Oh, it would sparta them up real good. Do you have piss bottles on the floor? Who's asking? <laughs> uh, somebody. Any bottle's a piss bottle, first of all. Right? Well, this guy's mad. Not everyone on, on Nantucket is a Chad. That's a guy that just listened to the latest episode. Nice. There you go. I listen. I like Chads. I want to be what I want to be a Chad. Yeah, you would love that life. Right? Yeah. I could live in Nantucket indefinitely. Uh, I would get a powdered wig and everything. <laughs> would you bring it back 1776 style? <laughs> Philly Dave lives there. All right, so you're not a Chad, Philly Dave. We yeah. understand that. All right, Chattanooch. Chattanooch. <laughs> it's the Chadster. Fuck your numbers. You got commercials now. Yeah. Well, yeah, we do. What's a, what's the one that we have now? Crazyperson.com. Uh, we got Talkspace. Talkspace. And uh, I think officially we got Helix. I did live reads for Helix, the mattress company. They're really cool, too. Wow. And then we got a couple more coming. A couple more for the kids? Yeah, kid. This thing seems to be working. People seem to like it. Let me know when the cash starts rolling. I'm going to put a little extra Freon in the old compressor. Whoa. <laughs> Ooh, 
I just went into the other lane. But... <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> By the way, no air blowing out of this vent. That vent's a little. That's a that's a soft vent. We call that a soft vent. Yeah, there's nothing coming out of that one. But if I could get it up to eighty, then the wind from outside will come. Oh, in. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Look, we're gonna pass that Jeep. Killing it. So long, Jeep. Just past the Jeep room. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know you guys are here to support. I appreciate that a lot. More uh, and more people are supporting on the old social media. There's an AT&T tree. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But they put leaves on it like, okay, that's a tree. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, that doesn't look fake at all. Yeah, that's not a cancer shooter or anything. Did you check on your agent? I might have killed that dude. This guy goes, wait, how are you guys going? Everyone's passing you up. Trust me. This car is is pushing the, the limits at are, 71 miles an hour. Are they requesting me to bring it up to speed? <laughs> no, don't bring it up to speed. All right, here we go. Going up to speed. <laughs> Hold on, everybody. And here we go. Look at this. <laughs> that's not me. Oh, that's boy, not, we're cooking now. That's not me. That's what the car is doing. It shakes. Oh, boy. We're at 80. No, don't go 80. Oh, it's getting swirly. <laughs> <laughs> got some wobbly wheels on this shit. No, it's not. It's the, uh, the aerodynamics. All right, now you're back down to a nice 68. That took a lot out of the box. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I just watched your gas go. <laughs> Went right down. A little close to that car in front of you there, Carly. Do a little passing action. Is this the first car you're passing? It's the first car I passed. That car might be running out of gas. Yes. How does that feel? I feel like I'm winning. All right. <laughs> what are they saying? Let me hear it. We got funny fuckers. Uh, why does Carl's car have sweat stains on the roof? <laughs> Don't let oh, 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 the oh, 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 shit, we almost holy, we almost hit that. <laughs> Oh, bro, <laughs> bro, <laughs> there was a disabled car on the shoulder, and man, were we heading toward that very quickly. It's like this thing has a crash radar. Wow. Crash we're having magnet. too much fun. <laughs> wow, close call for the boys. Let's jump out of this vibe while I remind you to check out the episode description so you can support our great sponsors. Let's go pee or something, bro. Let's do a piss All right, we're going to go uh, let out some urine. Oh, we got people coming. We got a Civic coming in hot. Wow, that is hot. He's, he's like, like a Honda. Aggressive, sir. The first car I bought was a Honda Accord hatchback. That's a nice car. That thing flew, man. Was it an LX or an LXI? Oh, shit. It's been, it's, it's been so many years, I don't even know. Uh, no idea. What's the difference? Did it have a sunroof? Yeah, it did. LXI. There you go. I think I had the sunroof put in uh, post. LX. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had it. I had it done post. Was it the one with the little handle in it? Yeah, kid. Boo! I know. All right. All right. Okay. One more look at the road. All right. It's that was a fun Instagram live, guys. Thank you. Opie Radio on Instagram. Just power down the fox, which means this had, uh, adventure has come to an end, Carl. That's it, man. That was a long ride back Jeez. from Philly. You and you. Is that you? Nope. Oh. Hey, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a fox from 1988. Yeah. This podcast has petered out. Yeah, we're out of gas.
gas. We're out of gas. We sure are. But the old trusty Fox got us back to New York City. Hey, get what I have to do, right? Thank you, Fox. Fox-a-rooney. <laughs> the fox rooney did its job. Until next time, Joey, take it away. I'm here. See you later, bro. All right, buddy. Love you. Thanks for hanging out with us in Philly for the podcast movement. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at Apple. Tell your smart skills to download it and leave us a five-star rating. Then there's opiradio.com for hats, shirts, and the free on-demand stream of Opie Radio. Yo, Sabian, you did it. The Westwood One Podcast Network. The Hughley Truth with D.L. Hughley. Hey, this is D.L. Hughley, host of The Hughley Truth. This is a show all about great conversations and great insight on the truth. Well, basically, as I see it. New episodes every Thursday. Get it wherever you get your podcast. Listen, comment, and subscribe today on the Westwood One Podcast Network. The Hughley Truth. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free, Free. from the Westwood One Podcast Network. Wait a second. You didn't really think that we weren't going to let you hear more from Opie Carl and my awesome boss, Tim Sabian, at that main event, did you? Here's an Opie Radio Extra, recorded by our host, processed and edited slightly by me. So disregard the comments you hear from Opie and Carl while the moderator, or Tim, speaks during this panel. It's Opie Radio in front of a large audience of podcasters in Philly at the 2018 Podcast Movement. Enjoy. This Come on, this is. Is this your first podcast convention? It's very evident. No, but it's my last. <laughs> What's up, guys? And now from 2003 to 2017, Opie was a significant and highly visible personality on Sirius XM. And his current show with Westwood One is called Opie Radio, and it is wildly popular, as you know. You can find him on Twitter at Opie Radio. Put your hands together for this guy. Opie Radio. Thank you. Woo! You forgot to uh, mention all the times I got fired from radio. <laughs> Serious X. Ex-
XM radio. It's Don't hold that against me. Yeah, Tim's extensive career includes managing and supervising many, 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 many radio shows and programs, including WYSP right here in Philadelphia. I love that. Find him on Twitter at Tim Sabian. You guys can get out Absolutely nothing. Excellent. <laughs> uh, what have I learned? I, I guess I learned that um, you know uh, the best stories are the ones where people go away to. Um, yeah, okay. that's my opening line. Who does anybody stand out in your mind on your show who really stood out telling a great story? I would say the best storyteller I ever had on my radio show over the years is Jim Brewer, okay. a comedian. I totally thought you were going to say me for a second. <laughs> Carl did a hell of a storyteller. Uh, yeah, Jim, Jim Brewer uh, really knows how to tell a story and make it funny and make it very relatable. Has he been on the new OP radio? Not yet. We're just getting started, actually. We've only done about 20 episodes. You started in May of this year? Yes. Right. Uh, as far as my podcasting goes, um, been a radio guy for like 30 years, yeah. and I'm learning how to take all that experience uh, in radio and move it into the podcast space. <laughs> and uh, it's been, it's been uh, a lot of fun so far. All right, yeah. what's your favorite story to tell? When somebody says, Opie, give me, a, give me your best story, what do you go with? I like telling um, family stories, you know, just uh, stories about growing up mm-hmm. and living in a pretty crazy household with one of seven um, kids. No With a crazy mother, and uh, yeah, those, those Where do you people. fit? Where do you fit? I'm um, the second oldest. Second oldest. Yes. Yeah. So. Are your brothers and sisters fans of OP Radio? Uh, yeah, they better be. I pay all their bills. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Carl. Same question. What have you learned over the years from not only telling stories but hearing stories? Um. Well, as a chef, I mean, recipes are stories for us, right? So for me. To teach people how to cook properly in my restaurants or whatever, I have to tell them the why, the how, where it came from. So I've been telling stories food-related. You know, if people don't fall in love with the recipe, they're not going to do it right. So, you know, that's the way that I tell stories. I kind of break them down and make you, make you love what I love, and then we're good. Is there anybody you can't teach to cook? Uh, most people. Yeah. <laughs> most people, because they're scared to love things. They really are. Most people are scared to really invest in something 100% to make it great. And going with Carl's point, you need to have some passion uh, behind your storytelling. Mm-hmm. And then that gets um, the listener very involved. So it has to mean something to the person. Of course. Right. Like, why are you telling us that? A bad storyteller doesn't have a passion behind it. Uh, which goes to what he's talking about. Because, right. you know, Carl's a chef and loves cooking and uh, preparing food. Mm-hmm. And, and drinking. You know, it, it, and drinking. And it, it, it comes across as a final product. Right. So. So just to the two of you that have already talked to you, let me ask you, when somebody's coming on your show, do you give them guidelines? Do you, do you tell them, I want to hear your story? What do you, what do you tell your I guests? Think, I think it on? depends if Opie wants to abuse them <laughs> or wants to actually be friends with them. I mean, there's different guests. There's sometimes they're there to, they are the joke, yeah. <laughs> you know, and sometimes they're part of the joke. I, well, i got to explain that, though. Um, <laughs> Take no, your time. You, I mean, when you're in the broadcast media, you know, there's there's people that come in and they just want to sell their latest movie, their latest book, uh, whatever, what have you. 
And they had no interest in helping make the show better. Right. And I never had um, uh, tolerance for that. And then, and then you get people that come in and they, you know, they understand they're in a pretty cool open environment with no real rules. Uh, I, I don't tell them what they can and can't say. And those tend to be the, the best guests for my radio show and now my podcast. So here's a question, Obi. Have you ever uh, recorded with someone and they just didn't perform the way you wanted them to and you did not? Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. She did not perform the way you wanted her to. No. So you didn't air the episode? Uh, no, I mean, it was on live radio. Oh, I so. see. Oh, so yeah. No, as far as podcasts go, I'm, I'm really picking the people that I know are, you know, good um, storytellers and good guests. But when it comes to radio, I found over the years that a lot of the A-busters were terrible storytellers because they were very protective. They didn't want to say anything too outrageous, you know, because that would hurt their bottom line or their their product. And I found um, everyday people way more way more fascinating than a lot of the A-busters that came through the studio doors. Interesting. Yeah. But a lot of times when those people, especially the A-busters, are coming through, they kind of have they literally come with talking points, and you know, and that's it. we were lucky because back in the day they would go on Regis and Kelly, and then you know, Kelly and whatever it is now, and uh, they would do the exact same interview on our show. And I'm like, you know, screw that, let's, let's, let's try to get some real stuff going on. But no matter what question you ask them, they were able to bring it back to their talking points wow. for the day uh, that some publicists gave to them, yeah, which is really one of the um, biggest disappointments of doing a popular radio show. Because you, you, you assume if you're a celebrity and you're in the spotlight that you could just simply, you know, just go. Yeah. yeah, and riff with uh, hopefully funny and interesting people. Yeah, interesting. Okay, Dr. Janice Presser, you are amazing. I met you last night. I have so much good stuff to say. So tell me about your trajectory in podcasting and then also tell us about your story, your storytelling experience and, and telling a good story and hearing a good story. What stands up? That's a lot. Um, but, so I obviously outlier on this panel. I've never been a professional in broadcasting, but I've been guessing on things for a long time. And when I was thinking about this, I, I realized I really got my start as a listener to broadcast radio. So if you don't know it, like sitting in this room is one of my early heroes, Jerry Blavitt, the Gita with the Gita, who... And in my teenage head, boy, did I make up hot stories. And so when you were that, that's how you learn to be a storyteller. And when I get on your show, we're going to talk about a new movement. What's that? Meet Two. I like Meet that. Two. Do you want that? He's all about the meat. I've heard it. Look at this. Look at this. I am. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> All right, Tim Sabian, your career, sir, is just unbelievable. You have done it all. You've seen it all. Just an amazing wealth of, 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 of stories that you've heard. And so let me ask you, when you, because you, you don't host anything, right? You are a producer. You're one of the suits, as it were. I host my life. You host your life. Well, first of all, 
Westwood One loves podcasters. Give yourself a hand because you all pioneers in this room and people that have stepped out into the great unknown. And this has been quite a story, what has happened and transpired over the last few years in this in this new space. Podcasting, as you all know, is a disruptive movement that has taken on terrestrial radio and is an incredible, incredible opportunity for all the people in this room. And the stories that come out of it and just meeting each and every one of you has been just absolutely amazing. Like we have the guys from 83 Weeks, uh, Conrad Thompson, uh, who is a podcast on our platform, Bruce Richard, who is uh, with something to wrestle with in the back of the room here, uh, The Gear with the Gear, which is an incredible Philadelphia idea, uh, Debbie Somak, and then also Opie and, and Carl uh, have created a, a sensation on the internet with uh, their podcast and the stories that uh, they bring with them and that we work with on a daily basis are absolutely amazing. And it's getting and extracting this information and putting this content on the, these podcasts and uh, it's just a, a great, great opportunity, so. Yeah, I mean, and you've done hundreds and thousands of shows. Well, yeah, I started out in the life in the Howard it was an interesting part. I walked into a room and it was like literally 30 some years of tape uh, in a room and I saw this stuff and we were starting to produce and edit and create content and package it. We were doing podcasting, you know, 10, 15 years ago uh, and kind of started this whole thing and we didn't even know what we were doing. But now it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So uh, it's, it's been a real journey. Um, regarding podcasts, do you think there's a sweet spot in the length of a podcast? And Steve Goldstein said it best, don't waste my time. And as long as there's great information, there's, uh, it's presented in a way that uh, has to be getting the middle and an end to it, uh, I think that uh, you know, it can go on for four hours. There are podcasts that are four hours that are very interesting. There's podcasts that go on for ten minutes. Uh, it's just don't waste my time. I think that's a very, very uh, true, true statement from Steve Goldstein. I agree. Go ahead, uh, Yeah, I was, I was just going to tag what Tim said. Uh, that's the difference that I'm learning between radio and podcasting, that you you got to make sure every word uh, counts. You know, when you do a talk show day after day, you know, the audience will allow and accept you to just kind of settle in and find the sweet spots. But in podcasting, man, if you're not if you're not hitting on all cylinders within the first few minutes, they're gone. So, Obi, you have a producer, of course, but in addition, what do you do to prepare for your shows? Uh, for the podcast, yeah. it's very different than a radio show. Where, I would sound fascinating, you know, doing radio, uh, when the mic was on was one thing, but a lot of these interesting people that came through, you know, the stuff they were doing saying when the mics were off during commercial breaks, before they came on the air, and then after the mics went off, was just as interesting. So I'm trying with my uh, new podcast to kind of take a lot of that and, and exploit that on, uh, on the podcast. Oh, yeah, you'll be great at that. So, I mean, you know, a lot of times it's me and Carl just walking the streets and seeing what we can come up with. So, Carl, what does it mean storytelling is like a recipe? What are you talking about? Well, it has an end result, right? So a recipe has an end result. Something delicious comes from it. And a story is the same exact thing. But You have to be invested. You want to have to cook it. And you want to have to listen to it. But, 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 a, but a recipe can fail. And, story and, so, and, and stories fail most of the time. I mean, oh, have you heard some stories out there? Yes. Yeah, so when it comes to storytelling, you hear a good one. What did you just hear? I heard something that was great. It was a little story. It took me away from whatever I was thinking about. 
So there was a beginning and a middle. A beginning, a middle, and then just like a recipe. And, and just like a recipe. Right, because what, when you're cooking with somebody, or you're teaching somebody something, you got to make them, you got to have them invest in it, mm -hmm. right? So I tell them, hey, listen, we're going to make this steak. This is from the north of France, and we're using this butter, and, and they get into it. Instead of me just showing up like, this is what we're doing, da, 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 da. they're not going to love it. They're going to burn it. They're not going to care. Do you cook at home daily? No, I don't have a home. Do you, do you eat out? Listen to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> do you eat out? I'm worried. <laughs> um, I recently divorced. I can't see for anything. So we've got a nice little relation expert here. This is how we all see you. from TV, they just know like a little bite. Like they'll say, oh, that time you screamed broccoli. You know, like, what the hell does that even mean? Mm -hmm. And then regular radio, they kind of know you, but uh, podcasting is the most intimate thing. I've had people come and give me hugs and talk to me. For, like they, It's almost like they knew me or they were like family almost. It, it, was, it was striking to me coming from other medias to know people knew they listened so well. Why do you think like, that is, Tim? It's just it's a good point. I remember when I was a kid, I would lay in bed at night and I would string antennas on the top of the roof and listen to like KWAY out of Little Rock, Arkansas, or WLS out of Chicago, living in Minneapolis, or uh, the Wolfman Jack show. And I felt an affiliation and an association with these people because it was late at night, it was one-on-one, -on -one, uh, and it was very, very unique in a listening experience. And now with podcasting, uh, it's it's the similar to the same type of vibe that it was when I was a kid growing up and getting acclimated to radio. Uh, I see podcasts, first of all, it, you know, you're pulling this content into your life because you feel some affiliation with it, you feel some kind of connection to it. Uh, and so that's part number one. Number two is is that the people like Carl and Opie, when I listen to their shows or I listen to 83 Weeks or I listen to other podcasts on our platform, I feel some kind of connection there. I feel like I'm in the crowd with them. And that's why when we talk to our podcasters, we ask them, you know, what associations do you have with advertisers? What, you know, products do you use on a daily basis? Because we don't want them to sell or to talk about products that they don't feel in their heart is right for them or right for their audience. And that's the connection, the power of being authentic and real and honest that podcast brings to consumers today. But also, I feel like, you know, to the point that they feel so close to you, it's because I feel like people are listening to podcasts in very intimate ways. You know, they're, they're laying in bed at night, or they're running, or they're hiking, or they're whatever they're doing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, the technology is such that, you know, you, you can hear every single word of a podcast. You pause the thing. 
Um, and to answer this question, I, I think it comes down simply to the fact that people choose you. Uh, when, you, when you're part of a big radio show, people don't necessarily choose you. Sometimes it's just background uh, noise. They kind of know who you are, but then you meet them, and they're like, I'm a huge fan, and you ask them you know, what bit they like, and they don't even have an answer for that. But when we run into our listeners from the podcast world, which, like I said, once again, we're really new to, right. these people know every single word, and they're picking up on everything, and they're, you know, and they're... Um, they're kind of really um, digesting these episodes very, very slowly, and, and they're saving them, which I, it, it's, it's such a different world to me. Did you yeah, also think, somebody mentioned this to me today, which I really thought was a, a great observation. It's an ING kind of compatible platform, you know, biking, hiking, walking. So it's a companion piece, and really podcasting has become a companionship with the consumer. Uh, with, between performer and consumer, and it's a much tighter bond than, than anything that I've seen, like radio, terrestrial radio, or you know, television shows, so forth. How do you get out of your guest a story rather than their life story? In other words, who can who can encapsulate their whole life well, in twenty minutes or forty well, minutes? One one thing that I found is that these guys don't do interviews; they do conversations, mm-hmm. and I think there's a big difference between sitting down. And when they were on the terrestrial radio show, they brought in a guest, they did an interview, where these are more conversations. They're more intimate, they're more direct. Uh, There's some vibe about it, about them being in the environment that they're in when they do capture uh, these performances, that they're just performed differently than they were when they were on terrestrial radio. Well, you got to make people uh, comfortable, you know, whether it's uh, the atmosphere they're in. Um, sometimes it's as simple as asking them, how, how's your day going? Right. And, and it throws them off guard a little bit. You know, you're not hitting them with that first heavy question. It's like, hey, man, how, how's it going? How's your summer going? And they tend to take a deep breath and relax and settle in. And then, uh, you know, you just, like, like Tim said, you try to have a conversation. But when I um, prepare for, you know, I don't want to call it an interview, talking to somebody, I just have a, a few basic bullet points. And then in my mind, I'm like, okay, I want to hit these four or five bullet points. And whatever else happens in there will be just bonus. And if, and if you don't understand what they, how they respond to you, then the odds are that the audience at home didn't either. So oh, it's just added the hell out of it. I see. So if, you, you, you try to get them to reiterate, tell you a different way. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And one of the things, too, I noticed, like in terrestrial radio, there's a lot of these interviews or so forth that are set up, are set up because of maybe there's an advertising buy or there's, they're mandated to the talent, and the talent has zero connection to the interview. For example, the other day, Obi uh, had on Robert O'Neill, who was the guy that took down Bin Laden, and you can see a genuine connection and a genuine interest in this what this guy was saying. And, it was, and listening to that podcast was so powerful, uh, just a conversation back and forth, and you, you can tell when an interviewer is really involved in the conversation because they listen harder. You know, and listening is a key part to it. And uh, you can see what an interview is really doing the job when he's really, really listening. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was good. No one's fun about that one. The first 20 minutes, we didn't even talk about Osama bin Laden and the mission. Yeah. It was about his summer. It was about fruity drinks. All this other stuff. And then I wish you would have got a little to it a little faster. (laughs) (laughs) And then in my mind, I'm like, wow, I already got 15, 20 minutes of good stuff, and now we're finally going to go into the actual story of taking down Osama bin Laden. But I knew in that uh, circumstance that the pressure was on because he's told the story so many times. So you also try, 
you try, I mean, you don't, you don't accomplish it every time, but you try to get, you know, a different version of the story or something different out of these guests, knowing that they're doing everyone else's podcast yeah, or everyone you, else's do you, radio show. Do you listen to your guests ahead of time? Like, for instance, that story. No, no, no. Did you ever hear him tell that story before? Well, he told it on my radio show. So I, now for the podcast audience, I'm making believe I never heard the story before. Okay, I see, right. Yeah. And you probably haven't even better questions. Uh, yeah, I hope so. In all honesty, Opie prepares. Um, he, he's, a, he's a natural talent. I mean, I, I've done a lot of interviews with other media and stuff. Opie's, I mean, he's one of the best. I mean, it, it's, it looks effortless, but when I try to do it, it's, it's a complete Jaws of Life car accident. <laughs> when I try to do it, he does. I'd rather just make fun of people on the sidelines. It's easier. You're good at it. No accountability. What I try to do is I, pre- I prepare a lot. But then, uh, when I can throw it all that away and just have a conversation with somebody, that's that's when I get off. You know? But he knows how to have a conversation. Like if you if I have a conversation with someone, it'll just ramble on like a flood, not like a river. It'll just go everywhere. It wouldn't make any sense. Opie knows how to bring the story back. He but knows how to reel in the the, but the when guests. you're cooking with somebody, right. you have a beginning and a middle. Right. Of yeah. Well, we're not making steaks with these people. Like we're talking with them, and that's what he's he's just a natural talent. It's, it's right. impressive to be part of it. You love him. Wow. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't I'm, 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 sometimes he's a little him. difficult. Sometimes he's not bad. He's a good kid. Hey, listen, we can talk all day. I don't know about you guys. If you have any questions for this fabulous panel, let's do that. Okay, let's here. Here comes the guy with the microphone. Hang on. Oh, that's gonna take a while. Yeah. Fred Jacobs. Fred Jacobs. Fred didn't think it's true. Here he comes. Here comes the mic. Question for OP. Oh, shit. <laughs> you said it several times. Okay, so you've got somebody who is a celebrity or somebody well known, and they told their story many, many times. Yeah. And you don't want them to sound canon. Right. How do you, how do you get them to sound different than, than they were on other media? Uh, I, I don't think there's a formula to that. I, I think you just try to... You just try to hit it from other angles. You try to make them comfortable. You try to uh, catch them off guard. You try to uh, you know, make sure they're relaxed. And one of the things, too, is like at Westwood, uh, at Westwood One on a podcasting network, we reach over probably a quarter of a billion people on a weekly basis. And the thing is that you want to identify unique people, unique talent like Opie and Carl, that are have the ability to ask questions in such a way. They perform things differently than somebody else would. And that's the uniqueness and the, the attributes that we find you know, interesting about having people like this in 83 Weeks and then Shapiro and all the other ones that we have on Jericho and all this kind of stuff on our podcasting platform because these are unique people that have unique ability to do things differently. If I had the same guest on each show, each guy would do it a different way. In other words, person. they all know the story, but they're going to get the story in a different yeah. way. I, I wish I had an answer to that question. That's going to bother me, actually. Does anyone uh, have an answer to that? Because Oh, John. Here's John. Here's John. Here's Mr. 10%. <laughs> There's my 10%, everybody. So I think the difference is that when a guest comes on who's been on any number of different places, what you automatically do that nobody else does is you make them laugh. Right. They're laughing within minutes. They're having a great time. 
and they're telling stories about themselves that they've not told to anybody else, and therefore the answers you get are completely different from what has been heard. All right, to John's point, yeah, you try to make, make them uh, let their guard down, and then they will open up a little more. So I think it comes down to trying to make them as comfortable as possible in, in, in the atmosphere. And hopefully they trust you. There's, there's trust involved, too. And they feel like they're in a, in a good space, and they're, a lot of times they're willing to you know, tell you a little more because they want the publicity uh, themselves. Okay, let's take another question. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Holly Hutchings. My show is called How I Broke This, and it's about some of our biggest mistakes that we make in our personal lives and career. And I talked to some pretty influential people, like in my town and surrounding area, and this will sort of add on probably to the last question, but I talked to people about crucial mistakes in personal life, business, and I could spend all day, I have all the time in the world, but one of the people is the mayor, one of them is grammar girl. These people don't have all day. <laughs> They're running a life and a business. So I was going to ask how you would suggest softening people up to open up about something really personal quickly because they might have a shorter time frame than I have. Alcohol uh, works. <laughs> they are going to have to really, really like you very quickly. And if they are in power positions like that, they may not, because they may not care for you like them. So that's a tough thing. You pick a very tough niche. But before you actually do the interview with the guest, get in them to do a pre-interview and try to do some prospecting beforehand to find out triggers that are going to get them to talk about certain things. Uh, or maybe have a producer talk to them, to you know, somebody with a, maybe a little different tack uh, on getting that information for you as you, know, you do the final performance. So there are ways, uh, but also I think you know, to always point to is like how we did with Robert O'Neill. He sat there and talked with Robert O'Neill about you know this, that, and the other thing, and didn't even get to Bin Laden, and it organically evolved into that because of his comfort zone, uh, and not because of Obi let him into it right away. It just organically took it. You know, you got to read the room, and I think that there are tools that you can apply that will help you get the results that you need. And it's so one of those you know, interview, the next one is maybe having a, a producer do it for you, doing the pre-interview, maybe it's, uh, you know, you warming up to them, and as Carl points out, alcohol always, always works every time, you know. I, so, I, got, I hate to say this, but I think that's almost impossible if you're looking for that quickly. Yeah, I, it depends on how long your show is, if your show well, is only 25 minutes. Well, it's also human nature, we're all very, very guarded, and it takes a lot, it takes a lot for you to open up. It goes back to that uh, that trust thing, but to get there quickly, I, I don't. I honestly don't know how you do that. I mean, the best stuff I've gotten over the years is after talking to a guy for a year, uh, sorry for like an hour, hour and a half, and then finally the last five minutes is all the juicy stuff because they finally feel comfortable enough and uh, to trust you, and 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 they want it. They obviously want to tell you this this deep, dark story, or whatever. But you know, it just takes a long time to get there. I, I don't think you can do it quickly. Okay, guys, we only have time, unfortunately, for one more question. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Paulie. I have a question for you. How do you go from radio to podcasting doing interviews? Because you're kind of stuck when you're telling a story on a podcast. Whereas radio, if a listener calls up and tells you, this sucks, you know the real life. How are you confident in your story when you're letting it go? That person just tweets now that you suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually faster and more effective. I uh, it comes down to the editing. 
I mean, I edit my podcast. We try not to edit a lot uh, because we want it to sound as natural as possible. But you know, the, the beauty of podcasting, you know, you, you record your, your podcast and you got, depending on what your schedule is, in our case, we have up to a week sometimes before this thing goes out. And we edit it in such a way that it sounds still like a natural conversation. So you're able to get all that, that crap out of there. One thing that I learned from Opie was uh, when we did our first podcast, he said to me, I'm going to make this thing smoke where I come from. That's a whole other animal, right? So I'm like, what does that mean? But he, he literally meticulously goes through it and speeds it up just a little bit, and it changes everything. And it, it blew my mind. I, even though I was part of the podcast, I mean, I did have a couple of drinks, so I forgot. It was a little foggy, but at the end, it was like a completely different conversation. And speed plays a part of it. And it's and an editing thing that I've seen it. And Joey from Westwood, I mean, Westwood One's a great company. I mean, they're... The support is fantastic. But yeah, I got a great producer that yeah. really helps us out. Yeah. Good people. We go back and forth in the uh, post production. And to Carl's point, you know, uh, I, I edit on spaces and all sorts of stuff. But you got to make sure it still sounds natural because, you know, the podcast is are learning that too, man. They're like, oh, this is edited. Or this is not in your head. You know, yeah, they're really, really smart. So you got to be smarter than them when it comes to the editing process. There's a, there's a higher percentage of nerds uh, listening to podcasts. <laughs> than I have a lot of nerd friends now. Like, okay, Janice, if you're trying to do this yourself, just ask yourself the question. Do you have enough people who love you enough to listen to it and then tell you the truth? Because that's what you're going to do. And not Just, you know, privately. And sometimes you just have to jump something and start all over again because editing is not going to fix it. Yeah, you, you know, then it's wrong and you get very professional at it. And be smart enough to just throw the whole thing in the garbage. We all like to hear ourselves talk, so sometimes you're like, oh man, this is, I think this, you know. But you gotta, you gotta be honest with yourself sometimes. You go, wow, that just sucked. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dump it and, you know, try again. Hey, you guys, this is fascinating. Thank you so much. The Westwood One Podcast Network.